Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. Hey, here we go. The best night of the week is here. It is time for Wise Guys, the number one BYU sports live stream talk show in the entire world. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler. Every week we have more and more to talk about. It seems like our guests are bigger and bigger. And uh, we look forward to all our live streamers. Already we've got New, New York and it. South I'm, Jordan right off the bat. People have learned that we want to know where you're watching from. And, and we're getting folks from all over the world, which is really exciting. How about have the we, Philippines? Have we had a New York City before? I'm kind of excited. Yeah, we've had New York City uh, before. We did? So but This uh, is Amber Payette. Amber's we're, right we're in. Immediately chiming in um, from, from New York City. That's pretty awesome. The Philippines, which is Glenn's first one to get in there. Glenn Lumen's like, yeah, good morning from the Philippines. It's a new world now. It's time to be grateful and unite. <laughs> so there we go. I love it. Hey, follow the wise guys on YouTube. We'll put the link in the chat and hit the subscribe button. It's all free. Click on the bell. Farmington, Utah, good to have you with us. Click on the bell, and that'll let you know whenever we go live, like like you just got a moment ago. If you didn't get the bell, sign up for the bell. I, I You know what? I always like it when there's a bell to let me yeah, know to I need to you know. be somewhere. Uh, the more subscribers we get, the longer our wives let us do this show. And we're live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Twitch and YSGuys.com, which takes us all over the world. Vegas, good to have you with us yeah, tonight. Yeah, Dr. Catch 1000, one of our originals. That's a Vegas Dr. theme. Dr. Catch 1000 is one of our originals. Been, been with us from the very, very beginning. And, of course, Michael Kennard um, from uh, from Farmington. Hey, follow us on wiseguys.com wise for sure. Um, and subscribe. Get our weekly email with highlights from the show. That's free, too. And uh, we, we kind of been throwing out some lists of guests that we've had. And every it's, now and then we mix it up. Yeah, so, we mix it. so just think about this, this guest list in the past that you can tap into at any time. If you didn't see some of these, you can go back to wiseguys.com, wiseguys.com, and uh, see interviews in their entirety with Danny Ainge, Kyle Van Noy, Mark Wilson, Gary Scheide, John Beck, Max Hall, Jay Hill, Justin Enna, Janera Guilford, Sione Pua, Kelly Papinga, Fessy Satake, Harvey Unga, Steve Clark. We just named the entire coaching staff for Pete's sakes, and so many others. Um, they're all waiting for you at wiseguys.com. If you haven't seen it, um, some great. Is there a favorite? I don't know if we should say this. Is there a favorite of yours? Uh, yeah, Jamal Willis. Yeah. And, and Nick Robinson, tonight's guys. Uh, we're going to add to that list. Yep. It's going to be gonna great. Add to it. Hey, so here's what we got coming up on this show. It's going to be huge, and we want your interaction as always. Uh, college football expansion. Of course, we're going to talk about that. BYU's back with the Utes. Are they in a better position to win BYU with these new teams coming in? And how do you feel about it? Let us know on the live stream and we'll talk about it. Yeah, how people, do you feel about the Cougars and Utes yeah, together? People already, like, that's already in the. And the chat bar that we can see, you know, Michael Kennard saying, hey, glad to be back in the same conference as the team up north. I saw some messages this week of guys saying, are you talking about this on Wise Guys? Yeah, I said, of course, of course we we're talking about this on Wise are. Guys. <laughs> so we want to hear what your feelings are. Uh, BYU football. Um, you know, it's all BYU football right now. How about Jamal Willis in the house? Mm -hmm. What does he think of newcomer Aiden Robbins, the new running back transfer from UNLV? I thought it was interesting. Rusher? They're about the same size. Yeah, they are. Big. Powerful. Wait, isn't Jamal from Vegas? 
Yeah, he is. There's, there's, a, there's a Vegas so there's theme. Some, there's some common ties here that we're going to have to explore as we get Jamal on the show here. <laughs> uh, Big 12 gets even stronger in basketball. Assistant coach Nick Robinson's going to join us live uh, in about an hour. So we look forward to our visit with, with Nick. If you have basketball questions, save those, and we'll get to yeah, those. And it'll be fun to, to talk some of this Big 12 stuff with Nick as well because – Nick's alma mater, Stanford, who was a powerhouse back when yeah. he was playing in, in basketball um, and, and has been a powerhouse in football, not part of this whole deal. I'm really interested to get Nick's take on that, on his alma mater. That's coming up in just a bit. Uh, let's get to our headlines. College football expansion. Of course, BYU-Utah back together again. I wrote a big article about it uh, at Deseret.com. How do we feel about the Cougars and Utes? Back in the same conference. And I'll be honest, there's been a mixture of opinions from can't stand it to love it and a whole lot in between from Cougar Nation. Yeah, it's hey, to start off, we're asked right off the bat, have you put the new team's banners up behind you? You know, as we have, you notice that we have the Big 12. And we didn't originally put Texas and Oklahoma in there because we're like, hey, they're short, they're short termers here. Yeah, they're not even going to be part of it. So we're not going to put them up. Uh, but we're efforting. Is that the word we use? Yeah, we're efforting yeah. to get the logos from the new teams, and we'll have them up there. We'll have them, we'll up, have there. them up there. They, now so, that they're in, they've earned their spot. It, it, if you're leaving, you don't get up the wall. Yeah, you don't get on the wall. Everybody's talking about and everybody has an opinion on the Utes and, and the Cougars. Um, uh, what's yours? Yeah, Well, and if, 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 our, if folks watch AFR that just ended as we went into this show, right. um, I said it's good to have the rivalry in, in this conference. And there was always something to talk about in November uh, on Thanksgiving weekend when BYU were in the same conference, whether it was the old WAC or the Mountain West, and they were playing for something. And here's the thing. They're playing for something in the conference, even if neither of them are playing for a conference championship. It's still for positioning the conference. It's for, it just has relevance, um, and they'll be playing every year now, I'm assuming. Now, remember, it's yeah, a 16-team it conference, but, but when they have a rivalry like BYU and Utah, which is national in scope. Yeah, Fox and ESPN didn't bring the Utes in to, to not, not play, play BYU every Absolutely. year, right? So, so you can count on that one. I don't know if it'll be Thanksgiving weekend. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, yeah. If just by schedule, every Thanksgiving weekend, it was Utah and BYU. And, and so I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. People wanted to punish Utah for... You know, not taking BYU along with them. John says, I wish the team up north could have had the opportunity to wander wander in the desert for a few (laughs) years. There's a lot of those. We get that. And here's the thing. It's not Utah that kept BYU out of the Pac-12. There's some other schools over in California that that did not want to have BYU in for various reasons. And I'm I'm not really going to go there, but let's just say they were not good reasons to not have BYU. It had nothing to do with with athletics. At the time that the Pac-12 took Utah into the Pac-12, BYU was a far superior athletic. Sure. Not, not just in football and basketball, but program, period, and dig and take it in. So anybody that has says that has anything to do with athletics is lying to themselves. Amber says, uh, i got friends who are Utah fans. It seems to be mixed opinions about it. Of course, they got their own, they got their own beef with their league dissolving right under their feet, yeah, and no crazy. one cared actually where they went. The, the, the Big Four negotiated to the Big Ten uh, and, and no one, Utah was just left there. They, they didn't care no, about their business partners, right? Uh, Colorado had already left. Arizona was going to leave. And Utah had nowhere else to go. And so, um, you know, part of the argument is they can, they can him and all they want. But without the Big 12, they're going to the Mountain West Conference. And they're, they're actually fortunate that they didn't alienate Commissioner Yormark so much that he just said, forget it. 
Right. Because they needed a place to go. Let's face it. And and how will they be there? They'll be good in the Big 12. Sure. Just like they've been in the Pac-12. Now, but they're not going to dominate. No, Pac-12 has been really down. When you look at the record Pac-12 against a Big 12, you don't even have to include um, you know, BYU. Uh, the, the Pac-12 versus Big 12 in the last 20 meetings, the Big 12 is 16-4. and four. And that doesn't include BYU's recent dominance against Pac against Pac twelve. Right. Remember, BYU's five and one against the Pac twelve. Yeah, they're not afraid of the Pac twelve. No, and so so this idea that that hey Utah's going in and the Big Twelve is not as, as good a conference. The Pac 12s non conference record has been abysmal in recent years. Yeah. Utah hasn't won a non conference P five game in years, and they haven't won a bowl game in years. Yes, yeah, seven. So so this idea that hey the Pac twelve are the Big Twelves. Yeah. That's just not true. They got to get over themselves so, because so they're lucky to even be in the Big 12. It's going to be a it's going to be a big travel conference where you got to go on yeah. the road and play in tough environments. You're going to play in arenas or, or stadiums that are way more full than playing in some of these ones in the in the Pac-12 like going to Stanford and playing with 15,000 people there. On free ticket night. Right. Yeah. When there's more people at the tailgate than there is. So so it's a whole different ball game. Football matters in this conference, in these towns. Yeah, and, and we'll talk basketball later, and, and that's I'm even saying, next Utah level. is really well-equipped to compete. They've got talent. They've recruited talent. They play physical, really prepared to compete in that league. I agree with that. But this idea that they'll go in and dominate the Big 12, that's just yeah. not going to happen. And I'm good. You know, I'm okay with it. Uh, there's a part of me that, uh, that, that the wander in the desert part is appealing. I think it is to everybody. Uh, but the, it's great business for us. Yeah, it's, it's like fun. the greatest thing to happen to wise guys. It's fun. Now, tonight, we say hello to all our Utah fans listening for the first time. Because now they're in because they know we're going to talk about them. Well, That's just how it works. And guess what? And there's a lot of ties, more than there's ever been with these two coaching staffs in football, right? Well, even in basketball, too. When you think about in recent years, we've had you know, a coach go from BYU to Utah. It's, so there's a lot of interaction. But on the football side, Kalani... And, and Kyle Whittingham are dear friends. Morgan Scally, who's likely the next head coach at Utah, is one of Kalani's closest friends. Morgan and his wife are great friends with Kalani and Timberley. Jay Hill is very close with, with the Utah staff. And it just go over and over and over. Justin Enna has ties up to the University of Utah. Uh, Sione Pua coached up at Utah with those guys for a long time. Yeah. And so there are so many common ties. And as much as the fans hate each other, I got I got news for you. Those guys do not hate each other. Now, do you want to womp on your brother when you play him out out oh, on yeah. the court on the driveway? You absolutely want to womp your brother. But I, but but these these guys have a great respect and love for one another. The rivalry is not ugly inside of the programs. It's only ugly with the fans, and it's only ugly with certain fans. Yeah, and. Uh, and and let's be honest, it it's it's a needed game. It's it's fun. It's the Super Bowl of the state, and um and by the way, the fans had absolutely nothing to do with the decision. That's right. Nothing to do with right. it. Had nothing to do with BYU going independent and take a fan vote. The Utes didn't take a fan vote about going into the Pac-12, and they had no vote about coming out of the Pac-12. That's right. And so, um, you know, as fans, we like to think we got an input here and input there, and we buy our tickets and donate our money. But this was made. This was made by a small number of people uh, with a vision for how to stay alive in this challenging world of That's right. of athletics. And so, um, yeah. So here we are. And so we came up with a couple of divisions. So something to right. think about. Two, two divisions. They go, and by the, the way, Michael. Teams. I've been calling Michael Kennard, and he's telling me right here. See, this is what we need to know. Last name pronounced Kennard. Kennard. All right. Are we getting it right now, Michael? And John Anyhow, says there's nothing it. wrong with sports hate. 
And, and he's probably right. I call it spite. You know, the spite. You take spite out of a rivalry. You don't have one. That's right. Yeah, there's no one-upsmanship no, if you didn't win. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that it's, it's not okay that the fans hate each other. I'm just saying that it's not the same with the coaching right, staff. Right, right. So let's and, say we got two divisions, 16 teams. Yep, 16 teams. So let's say if it was divided like this, BYU, Utah, Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and Houston. Oh, I like that division. And then Iowa State, TCU, Kansas, Kansas State, Cincinnati, Houston, Baylor, and West Virginia. If that's the case, and we're hearing about divisions as opposed to pods, the teams that, BYU, that were just added into the Big 12 give BYU a better chance to win the division and go to the Big 12 championship game, in my opinion, than taking on nine Big 12 teams as the league stands right now. Because right. you brought in teams they're not afraid of. Utah, Arizona State, Arizona, and Colorado. Right. And, and you know, Oklahoma State, the, the way you have it divided out here, yeah. and, 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 and you thought So I just kind of picked two just, of the closer yeah, you, you teams. It, and I just stamped of approval it, right? But... Oklahoma State is has been a good program, but but they you know they slipped a little bit this last year. They're a team that we're wondering how they're going to be this year. Um, Texas Tech's been a team that has all kinds of offense, but has struggled defensively. Now, having said that, Texas Tech's my dark horse this year to compete for a championship yeah. in that league. They got they got some horses coming back, and and uh, and they finished really strong last year. Houston's always been a fun team for BYU to play. Every time they play them, it's an offensive fireworks show. But BYU's handled them. And so the way you've divided it out, um, you know, BYU just beat Arizona. BYU just beat Arizona State. Just, in their most recent games, BYU beat Utah, Arizona State, Arizona. And Colorado, and Colorado. if you go back to the Freedom yeah, that's, Bowl. That's a while. But, but <laughs> I'm talking about recency. Yeah. Utah was a Pac-12 champs, and BYU beat them that right. year. Arizona State was supposed to compete for a title that year, and they beat Arizona State. And now their quarterbacks at LSU having a, yeah. having a heyday. Daniels, that's right. So. Um, Pac-12 versus the Big 12, give you an idea, in the last 20 meetings, not including BYU. The Big 12 16-4 against the Pac-12. That's right. The Big 12 is a better football league than the Pac-12. And with USC going to the Big 10, it's a no-brainer. Right. And, and the Big 12, not only that, but it's a way better basketball league oh, than, yeah. the Pac yeah, than the Pac-12. For sure. Not even close. So since we were together last, the Big 10 added Oregon and Washington. The SEC stayed, we're good at 14. Yeah, Don't, which is don't bother us. ACC's looking at Cal and Stanford, which is a crazy idea of East Coast getting the far left coast to go join them, but they're trying to survive. The Pac-12's near extinction, and the Mountain West Conference is trying to think about, well, do we add Washington State and Oregon State? Right. And, and, that's and, kind and of perhaps the buzz. that's it. And what do, you, what, what do you make of Cal and Stanford going to the ACC? It just, it just seems, I go, is that a fit? Well, academically, it's a fit. Right. Yeah. Um, culturally, maybe a bit of a fit with some, but geographically and historically, seems like odd to me. Might as well play so, on the moon. Might hey, as well play on the moon. Did you Did you read what Spencer McMillan said there? Remember, Spencer last week said, and you challenged him to From bring Lubbock, Texas, to bring five people yes. into the show. So Spencer's saying, my five should be on here, and we're giving you a shout out, Spencer. Spencer, if you did it, then we're, you're <laughs> then you are actually our our uh, what do we. What do we call them? They're not, they're not people that they're, what do we call people that are with us every uh, week? I don't know. Streamers? Loyalist streamers? Streamers? Yeah. I don't know what we're going to, yeah. whatever we're, tell uh, us hey, what we're Spencer's supposed to call friends, you guys. If you're not, Spencer's friends, identify yourself. Yeah. If, if Spencer brought five in, then he's the, he's the streamer or the follower of the week for sure. Uh, BYU's got six future games scheduled with Utah. Those will be scrapped and rescheduled as conference games. So BYU's going to need to find replacement games as soon as the second Saturday of 
September 2024. That's next season. And they'll also have to find a replacement game for Arizona uh, 26 and 27 when they were scheduled to play. So yeah, all of home. a sudden, Tom Homo's got to find some teams. Now, right. he's good at that because he did for the last well, 12 here's years. Here's the thing. Don't expect him to go find another P5 to replace those guys. I because, call Weber State. Because they're, they're going to play you know, nine or ten P5 games every year. Um, they, they don't need to add any non Like when these come off, that's because they're coming on the regular season schedule as part of the league. So they'll, they'll be looking to go play, as you said, Dave, like Weber, Southern Utah, Utah Tech. And, and I think you and I all agree that uh, if BYU is going to play an FCS opponent, let's keep the money in the state. Let's have, let's have him play Weber, Southern Utah, or Utah Tech. So, J.C. Cruz with us tonight. A couple other Spencer, notes. Spencer says, let's go. So he is, like, I don't know if that means he's got his five in here. I think, but. yeah, well, I'm eager to find out who those five so. are. But we love it, Spencer. Thank you. Before we bring in our guest, um, bowl games. Yeah. You know, bowl games are affected by what's happened this last week. Brett McMurphy of ActionNetwork.com is reporting that all five bowls with Pac-12 tie-ins are in discussions to change the conference affiliations for the 2024 and 25 seasons. That's the Alamo, Las Vegas, Holiday, Sun, and Los Angeles Bowls. The Alamo Bowl already has a Big 12 tie-in. The others don't. But uh, I know what you're thinking, and yes, this could open the door for BYU to return to the Holiday Bowl for the first time since 1993. Do you remember when fans back in, yes. in the 90s were saying... Oh, not another holiday another bowl. Another holiday bowl. <laughs> what I wouldn't have given for a holiday bowl in the last 10 years. And BYU built that game. Our next guest played in that game. Yeah. Um, one of his stadium. greatest nights ever was in that stadium. Yeah, in that about. stadium. He's played, yeah, in that stadium. And and it was a great tradition. And I, I kept thinking to myself, man, fan, I mean, I've I played in four of those. Played in one Citrus Bowl and four mm-hmm. holiday bowls in my five years at, at BYU. Um, and... I didn't know what they were talking about because that was an awesome bowl. Absolutely. And, and they built that bowl. And if there's a chance for them to get back to the Holiday Bowl, and how about they play a Big Ten team in that game, that would be awesome. JC from, what is that, Waxahachie, Texas? Waxahachie? I think, I think that's what that Just is. Just outside of DFW, JC says. As for the Rose Bowl, it's got no more Pac-12 tie-ins. The bowl is joining the rotation for the college football playoff this right. year. So that's it for the Pac-12 and the Rose Bowl henceforth. And forever, which is crazy, unless unless one of their teams got in the playoff and they ended up there. So unlikely, but but certainly possible. Let's uh, let's talk about after further review. DJ, if you put that graphic up while I, we bring in our first guest uh, and, and we'll get going here. Our Big 12 preview show aired tonight just before Wise Guys on the BYU TV app. You can go onto the free app and watch the show anytime. Next week, we're going to start with our player profiles with Blaine and David Nixon, myself. It's at uh, 5 o'clock Mountain Time on Tuesdays on the BYU TV app, and then it's and then it's up forever, so you can watch it anytime, and you can watch it as many times as you want. Hinkley, Rapati, John Nelson, just two of the players will spotlight next week as BYU gets ready for the debut into the Big 12. And if you, di- if you didn't watch the show tonight, we had, that was a fun show for us yeah. because we previewed BYU's entire schedule. So we gave a little bit of a tidbit on each team that's on the schedule, their strengths, their weaknesses, who's coming back, and what we expect um, from that game. So if, if you want your first preview of the season game by game, you know, and you didn't get a chance to watch it at 5, go on the BYU TV app and, and go watch the AFR from today. And you can watch it forever. Yeah. yeah. So when, when you get a chance, I think you'll like that show. We, hey, love, we love doing that show. Look who's here. Our first guest tonight was 
once the all-time leading rusher at BYU. He remains in the top four, starred in some of the Cougars' biggest football games, now the assistant director of multicultural student services on campus, uh, running back guru, which we'll talk about. Our pleasure. Welcome to the Wise Guys. The pride of Bonanza High School in Las Vegas, the great Jamal Willis. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I love the intro, Bonanza. Awesome. Yes. What? Dave's a Vegas guy, right? <laughs> look, he, well, he grew, he's an Orem High guy, but but as you know, Jamal, because you were down there during that time, Dave, Dave was a sports anchor and, and hosted shows and was a news anchor in that Las Vegas market. How many years yeah, were you 20, there? 20, 20 yeah, years. 20 years down there. So. Here's the thing about Bonanza, and we want to talk about the Bengals for a minute. They went through a phase of turning out performers, uh, including baseball star Chris Bryant, won the World Series with the Cubs, Imagine Dragon singer Dan Reynolds, he was in 2005, All-American volleyball star Michelle Fellows-Lewis, Chad's wife, my son-in-law Mike Wynn, married Courtney, I put him yeah, on the list. Yeah, there you go, I like that. <laughs> uh, and of course, Jamal Willis. What is it about Bonanza High School? Well, you know, it's obviously something in the air there. You know? <laughs> it's amazing how, you know, a lot of the former athletes and, you know, those uh, type of professionals that came out of Bonanza. I mean, we even had Andre Agassi's sister that went there, yeah. you know, and uh, Gerald Riggs. Right. Actually, That's back right. in the days, he went there as well. So we, we put out some superstars. So it was a, you know, great opportunity, great, you know, program there at Bonanza High School back in the days, right? You, you know? know, it's just as hot. In Vegas today is when you were there. That yeah, hasn't yeah, that's, changed, that's, but so much else it's has. It's 115 yeah. down there today. Have you, have you had a chance to, to interact with Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons before? Bonanza High grad? I have not. Oh, man, we need to hook those two up. Yeah. Do so. Yeah. yeah. So, so Dan, Dan follows BYU. He was at BYU, and they launched Imagine Dragons when they were up here with a group from BYU. And uh, we stood with Dan and with Danny Ainge on the sidelines at the BYU-Arizona game down mm -hmm. in Allegiant Field when it was down there. And... Yeah, he's he's kind of followed BYU his whole life. I, did, I you know, once, if we told him you're a Bonanza guy, he would definitely want to meet oh, you. Yeah. Let's let's connect. Okay, we'll let's connect. Yeah. Let's connect. So after Bonanza, you come up here from '91 to '94. You get here the year after Ty wins the Heisman, uh, and he's ready for his senior year. You had a monster schedule, but in your career, you go two and two against the Utes. So after a separation of 13 years as members of the same conference, which will be next year, um, Cougars and Utes are getting back together. How do you feel about that? You know, I love it. I love it. You know, it's, it's one of those things where when they took that game away, right, it was just the, the – it just took something from us as former players, right? You know, we always looked for that game, you know, and that was one of the games where it was kind of check the box. You know, obviously we were trying to win the conference, but that was at – regardless of winning the conference, we wanted to win that game. You know, so I'm excited actually for them to be back because it's – you know, you, as an athlete, you want to – you play for something, right? And you play for conferences, but you – to have that in-state rival – there's nothing else like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a fun game. It's fun for the fans. It's fun for the players. And you know, I'm, I'm excited, looking forward to that game again. It's, it's interesting to me, Jamal. I saw Kyle Whittingham in an interview just a couple of days before the whole breakdown of the Pac-12 mm -hmm. and all that. And the, and the interviewer asked Kyle, uh, well, what about your rivalry game? And Kyle sat there for a minute and he goes, which one? And, and they said, he goes, do you mean in the league or outside the league? Because we have a rival outside. Like, and he was trying to downplay. He's like, well, we've, we've developed a few rivalries in the league. Like, you know, USC's been a pretty good rival. And, call, and, and I just sat there and I'm listening to him and I'm going, Kyle, the fact that you have multiple in your own league tells me you don't have a rival. You have a rival. And they're right down in Provo. He knows. He just hates to admit it. it yeah. But he can admit it now because yeah. they're in the same conference again. And you know what? Kalani would tell you the same thing. 
Who's your rival, Kalani? He's going to be like, well, we'll have something with Baylor. We'll have something with TCU. But, but Utah and BYU are rivals. And to have them in the same league, something just feels right about it, doesn't it? It does. You know, and I always, that was one of those games where we had, at the start of the season, that was one of the goals, of the many goals, you know. And now, looking forward to that, I think it's just exciting for players. And obviously for those who, you know, are new and never had that rival, to be able to experience that is just something else. You know, it's it's funny how I look back and just see how competitive the fans would get in that game. And, you know, we would be competitive as former players sure. when the game started, right? But, right. You know, a lot of us still had relationships off the field with some of those players. But when it was game time, it was like, we're representing representing the Y and you guys are up in the, the U and we're going to win it, you know, so I'm, I'm excited for it. What, what do you make of this now with the four, four additions um, from the Pac-12, you know, Colorado came first, then the other three. Now you got a 16 team conference. Is that too big or does that feel right to you? You know, I think it, you know, nothing surprises me anymore about the landscape of college football. And I think anything that could bring more excitement, right? You know, because I think now we're on playing on the biggest stage right now. You know what I mean? We're talking about the competitive level and just the fans and it's bigger football that's going to be played week after week. I, I don't think so. I think with the 60 team, it feels right. I think the opportunities are just going to work out for everyone. San Antonio is with us tonight. Uh, and, and we invite all of you to let us know where you're streaming from. Jamal Willis is our guest, live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, WiseGuys, YSGuys.com. Jamal's number four in school history in rushing with 2,877 yards and 32 touchdowns. What are the chances that a guy named Jamal Williams would pass you by and be the number one uh, all-time rusher? So you got Jamal Willis at number four and Jamal Williams at number one with Harvey Unga and Curtis Brown in between. What a group. Yeah, you know, I'm just still excited. I'm in the top five. You know, and, <laughs> you know I'm 50 years old now, so that's a great, <laughs> that's that's a great thing. You know, and Kurt, you know, uh, with Jamal, he's such a he, – he, I knew he was going to be the one. Really? Right? Just because with what he brought to the table. And, you know, I think at that point, running was different here than when I was here you know what I mean mm -hmm, running mm -hmm, was yeah. a priority you know now than when I was here it was just running was just when I was here it was just like to give Ty a break you know, every now and then <laughs> that explain how many receptions you had my question I don't think I don't think any of these guys have the combination of the rushing yards and the number of catches that you had because you were a big part of the passing game back in those days I was and that I had to become the big part because that was the only time I was going to touch the ball I had to catch the ball you <laughs> yeah. know but I always credit myself you know I felt I was a, a very a, a good running back but I I looked at myself as an athlete you know if you wanted to line me up and catch a pass that's what I what I felt and I know with Lavelle and those guys I felt they they knew that I could be a big part of it just getting the ball in my hand so yeah, so that's uh, yeah. I, I was standing. I was standing. I don't know if I ever told you this, Jamal, but I was standing with Lavelle and with um, Bill Walsh. Oh, um, one time, and it was spring before your last year. Mm -hmm. um, and Lavelle and and Bill were talking, and Bill Walsh just said, "That's one of the most impressive athletes I have ever seen." And Lavelle said, "That he is. <laughs> that he is." <laughs> so they they recognized that too. It brought an amazing amount of athleticism to that position with your length and your speed, but, but your ability to do, to run, to run downhill, to run outside, yeah. and then to come out of the backfield and catch the football is rare. And in today's football, they don't ask very many guys to do all the things that they asked you to do, do they? They don't. And you know, I, I credit, you know, just a lot of my, um, upbringing with playing sports. I mean, I was a three sport athlete, yeah. you know, so when I came here, 
I, I felt I had the skills to pretty much do whatever they wanted me to, not just run it ball. I mean, granted, I wanted to run you the ball. You did kickoffs, too. I did kickoff returns, yeah. you know, but I think that was a great thing because I, obviously I'm 6'3". I was a very tall running back, you know what I mean? I was honestly a big target, you yeah. know, uh, when you're talking about going through the middle. But I had a lot of the little the skills that little guys had. You know, I was quick with my feet, mm-hmm. you know. I just had an overall athleticism. And I think that's what helped me to have success here at BYU with the passing game as well. St. George is in the house tonight. Thank you for watching the wise guys. Uh, we're visiting with Jamal Willis. We're going to talk about the coming season in a second. Let's take a trip down memory lane. You ready? I'm ready. Because, you know, it's not often a guy gets to talk about how great he is. Uh, but on this show, you do. All right. And so go. let's go to September 21. This is an interesting one because uh, your career was so opposite of this. September 21, 1991, BYU at Penn State. And on your first carry, what happened? Was it the yes. was it the kickoff return? I think it was the first carry from scrimmage, where uh, it was it was your first fumble. That, that that's where I was going to get to. Yes. It was a fumble, and I remember that. And they took me out right after like, so that. You fumble. Had one play, and you were out. <laughs> that was it? Yeah, it was like they put me in it. I'll just tell you when I was in that stadium. You know, I'm just I'm from Bonanza High School, right. where there's only like a few hundred people that show up. I got in that stadium, and it was like over what eighty, ninety thousand yeah. in there, and they were screaming. I lost track of what I was doing because I was so nervous, you know what I mean, being in front of those people. Sure. And actually the ball just actually, it just came out because I wasn't focused. And then, you know, I remember Coach Edwards pulled me over and said, Jamal, you're going to be okay. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I don't know if I want to play the rest of the game, so just keep me on the sideline. It, it, talk about, talk to that just a little bit because there, there's those, state, BYU's going to play at Texas this year where there's 100 plus thousand fans in the stands. When there's that many people, even if they're all just talking to each other, the noise is kind of numbing, isn't it? How, how do you stay focused in an environment like that and focus on the game when literally all of that is going on around you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough, but as a football player, you kind of get used to it, right, to, to block it out. But it's still tough because I remember that game with Penn State. I couldn't even hear cadence, so I would have to watch the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's that loud, and it's chaotic, and it's just like – it's a different world playing in those type of stadiums than playing in a normal, if it's like a Stanford with 15,000. I mean, it's just on a different level. You remember when Arizona State came in and they had like nine false, false starts? starts? They couldn't Because yeah, they were right in front of yes. the rock and they couldn't even, they were out of their minds. Oh, yeah. The rock should have got the MVP that night, in my opinion, because <laughs> they, they impacted the game. You know, we, we opened in 82. That's a long time ago, folks, I know. Um, but at Georgia in Athens. Mm-hmm which is 90,000 crazy people. You know, Dave's done uh, broadcasting game from Tennessee, which yeah, is amazing. 106. But I remember we warmed up, and there were a lot of people there, but not too many. They were all out tailgating. But when we went back in and got our full pads on, you come out for the last time, as we got into the tunnel, we heard this. It was like, <laughs> I was like, what is that? What are they? Robbie and Bosco and I are next to each other. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, what are they saying? We get a little bit further, and it's just growing. It's getting louder and louder. Pretty soon, 90,000 people before we run out of the tunnel are going, dog meat, dog meat. <laughs> and and I, I looked at Robbie, I go, that kind of gives me the chills. That's, <laughs> that's kind of cool. That's what it's like. Like you yes. kind of get the chills and you recognize like, whoa, we are not at home. But you can get some energy from a, a vocal, a, a visiting, like a crowd that you're away for. You can, you can pull some energy from that, right? Yeah, you know, and I, it just takes me back to Notre Dame. When we played Notre Dame down there in South Bend, you know, it, it's something about when you play at those stadiums that 
breed football and that's all they want to see is football they're rooting for their team you yeah. know and we were able to go in there and beat them right and after the game it was almost like the fans were coming up to us saying hey great game BYU you know and it was just chaotic but it was the the nostalgia of football you knew that something was deep rooted in yeah. that program when it comes mm-hmm. to football and we enjoyed I enjoyed especially going down there beating those oh, yeah. type of teams so you had a great game fine. too we'll talk about it in a bit let's go to November 16th 1991 this is just a few months after your first carry at Penn State uh at San Diego State 11 rushes 66 yards and a touchdown eight catches 163 yards and two That's touchdowns what we're talking about Cougars trailed 45-24 late in the third your touchdown receptions were 31 and 49 yards, and you score with 30 seconds remaining, and you celebrate a 52-52 tie, which put you in the Holiday Bowl, yes. kept them out. Oh, yeah. What was that moment? What was that night like for a guy who is so, such a big part of it? It was really a blur, you know, and honestly, it's like a lot of athletes, when you kind of play out of yourself, you know, you, you, you have that feeling where you're just doing everything you when you touch the ball, you do something big. And obviously with Marshall Falk being there, yeah. we were yeah, both pretty freshmen. Cool. And he already had the limelight, you know. And I, I was kind of trying to compete against him, you know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> yes. you know, we're on you know, ESPN. That was probably one of the longest games of my life. It seemed like it lasted all night, you yeah. know. But I, I just, it was just such a great opportunity. And Ty, the great thing about Ty, a lot of the plays that I scored on, which was pass plays, they were made up. It was scramble. He just scrambled and I just, found you. And, and he, we would just look at each other, and he would throw with the ball. You know what I mean? And it, it was just <laughs> like it, the side yard. Yeah, it was just like we were playing pickup games, you know, like you do in the you know the front yard, backyard. But you know that was one the one game that really put me on the map. Right. I would say it really put me on the the map. But I, I called that game for BYU TV for the rebroadcast, and and I'll never forget one play. So and, and we're going to see they can see us on camera. Like if you're here, Jamal. So this is you, and this is Ty. Uh, and, and you're running this way, and Ty's here, and then he starts to flush out this way. You, you turn around and you yep. get back in his vision, right? Exactly. So that's scramble rule, right? So so Jamal's going this way. Ty's scrambling out. He comes this way, and Jamal runs with him. Then he throws you the ball, and you leap up, and the ball is thrown behind you. Do you mm-hmm. remember this play? Yes, I do. And you leaped up in the air, and it's almost like a Michael Jordan move where he stood in the air and he and he was all spread out with that long body, and he reached back and he caught the ball. With one hand behind him, and just went poof and brought yes. it in. Do you remember that play? I remember it. One of the know, best plays I've ever seen. Honestly, tell, tell us about it. You know, it's one of those things where when that, I didn't even, I mean, I just stuck my hand there, and it just, <laughs> just, just stuck. Yeah, it just stuck, you know. <laughs> and I think that goes back to the relationship that we had with Ty. And we practiced that in practice. We, we, we called it, you know, obviously the scramble, but we had another word for it. It was just get open. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It was just yeah. get open. Yeah. And I think that was a time where, you know, that game was just we had to do above and beyond extra things because it was just one of those games where we had to kind of make plays for ourselves and we had to improvise, you know, and that was one of those improvised. And that play there kept the drive going yes. as well. That was almost – that was a huge play, you know what I mean, because I think right. it was almost like fourth down or whatever. I think it might have been a fourth down yes. play. Yeah. And I converted that, you know, and it just stuck. So He stuck his hand out yeah. behind him. One-handed it and brought it in. And got I've never had one just stick on my hand. Yeah. Have you ever had one just stick yeah, on your hand? Well, Jamal, like, like, let's show people how oh. big Jamal's hands are. That's <laughs> yeah, why. okay. All right. And, and I don't have, I don't, <laughs> yeah. let's see, we got a different camera angle. I want okay. people to see that. So I don't know if you can see that, but I, I have big hands for a quarterback and Jamal's hands. They're not quite Kawhi Leonard's. No, no. But they're right Kawhi, when, I've, when I've held my hand up against Kawhi's, my, my fingers go to there. <laughs> <laughs> Following year. <laughs> but, but that's year. why. Following year. 
November 14, 1992, BYU and Air Force. You win the game 28-7. to Rush for 146 yards and two touchdowns. In there was your career-long 80-yard touchdown run. What do you remember from that play? Wow. You know, and that was... You know, I had a few long ones that were like 60, but that 80-yard run, and I love playing Air Force. I just love You had big that. games against you know, Air I Force. I had big games. You know, it was probably because we were, they were a little bit overmatched, you know yeah. what I mean, because our line used to blow big holes for me. And that was just that one play. I think I, I went down the, I ran down the sideline, basically, and just took off. You know, that was one of those plays where, you know, I had a great line, you know, and they yeah. opened the holes for me, and I just hit them, and I, I felt that I had enough speed to kind of take it to the house. So, yeah, I, re- I remember that play, my longest run. You took it to the house. Yes. Yeah. Now, December 25th, so the next month, 1992, we bring this one up because it's in the Aloha Bowl, and you guys are playing Kansas, yes. who now is in the same league with BYU. Um, it'll be the second meeting. So that's the only other meeting mm-hmm. And with the Kansas. historic Big 12 opener. Yeah, and they open yeah. up the Big 12 conference with kansas and that one you had 11 rushes 52 yards and a touchdown what do you remember about playing kansas you know i remember obviously we were in hawaii right mm-hmm. playing them in hawaii uh, so it was really hot i remember that but i remember i had a one touchdown ran around the end it was the sweep because really only had a couple plays sweep right sweep yeah. left and a draw play that toss was 28 toss, <laughs> 29. toss 29 yeah and ride I, 28 ride 29 a handoff yeah and i remember that play um it was just a great cutback you know and i was it went in and scored but i, I remember dana stubblefield you know and i played with him yes. for, for the 49ers and he right. would always just you know tease me on how they you know what i mean that game and things like that but it was just another opportunity to, we played in a lot of big games and those were just one of the big games and so i'm excited to have that uh the, the, another opportunity to see that. 1993 in October, uh, Utah State in a 58-56 game. The Aggies won it, but you had three touchdowns, including a career-long 72-yard touchdown reception. You remember that play? I, I remember that play. I, I try to forget that game, but uh, it was... Uh, it was, was a, John Walsh hit you on a fly, or what was it? Yes, John Walsh. He just hit me basically just in stride. You know what I mean? And, you know... Caught it and just uh, took it all the way, you know. And, and that was one of those games where it was just one of those weird games, you know yeah. what I mean? We were expected to – we should have pretty much single-handedly beat that, beat that team pretty right. well. But they just played hard, and it was a different environment down there. And before you know it, we got behind, and it was just – it, it uh, went away work for us. What goes through the mind of a person who's galloping 72 yards for a touchdown? You're hoping no one's behind you, you know, closing <laughs> now, in. Now they look on the video <laughs> board. Yeah. Back then you couldn't do that, right? I, I didn't, you know. And it's funny now, back then I used to high step a lot and they didn't throw flags. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's one of those things where you just try to, you, you try not to look back and you just try to s- just keep your eye on the end zone, yeah. you know, that goal line. I, I wonder when, when we uh, see BYU enter into the Big 12, you look at Big 12 scores every week. That's not a crazy game in the Big 12, 58-56. That was a little – BYU was a big-time scoring team when you played, but 58-56 was even unusual. What, what do you think it'll be like in the Big 12? Is it going to be like the old whack in Mountain West, early Mountain West days when the ball's all over the place and they're high-scoring games, or is there going to be some defense played in that league? I think you'll see a little bit of both. I think it's the quality of teams you're seeing now. Um, I, I think you'll see a little different mix week to week. I think scoring, obviously, is going to be a priority on – all team side, but you'll see a lot more defense, you know, and honestly, the athletes are different now. You know what I mean? We were talking about athleticism and pure athleticism at every position, D line, O line. It's just different, you know, so I, I'm excited because you're going to see those, 
big score games, and you're going to see those grind-out games, you know. And I think I've learned and I've kind of watched how Kalani and how they've recruited and brought in players, and I think the biggest thing they've done is depth. Mm. That's huge because I feel like we have that first string we can match up. Yeah. It's just when guys start getting injured, then it's like you go to second team and there's a drop-off. So you look at running back. They fill that room up you know, with depth and other positions. So I'm excited just to see that move forward and see what happens. Patrick Flood says Jamal Willis is the GOAT. Yes, he is. He's oh, on the you. wise we're, guys. We're glad to have him here, the GOAT, with us tonight. <laughs> Mentioned the running stats a moment ago. Good pass catcher. Finished with 76 receptions for 1,117 yards. And six touchdowns. Let's go back to Notre Dame. Yeah, for a you, moment. Me- you mentioned Notre Dame, October fifteenth, nineteen ninety four, and that is a special place to play, right? You're at number seventeen, Notre Dane. You go in there and get a win, twenty one to fourteen, eighteen carries, which is a lot for mm-hmm. back in that day. Oh, yeah. Seventy five uh, yards, a touchdown. You also had five receptions, eighty three yards, and a touchdown receiving. You scored the game winning touchdown in that third quarter. Mm-hmm. Take us back to South Bend and, and, wow. and reminisce about what that was like for us. Well, you know, first of all, touchdown Jesus, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, just walking. I remember just walk, getting off the plane and just busing to the campus. And then early that morning, you see kind of the, the fog. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like when you used to watch the old, you know what I mean? Yeah. Notre Dames and things like, like that. Rudy sitting the by Rudy. the pond, right? Yeah. <laughs> totally. You know, you see the sign where you're coming out and there's a yellow sign there. You're hitting that. But just stepping on that field and just there was something just about playing at that place, right? That just, you know, it breathed just life when it comes to football and the fans were just awesome. Um, But that was a game where I wanted to step up and I wanted to make a, you know, make a name for myself. And that was probably the first game where I actually had to play smash mouth football. Mm. I mean, there were some key first downs in that game that kept the ball moving. I think those were more of, I feel, just as important as scoring the touchdowns because I kept the ball. And I really had to drag people, you know what I mean, and get first down. So that was one of the first games where afterwards I was just beat up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, because using the whack, you know, we just spread it out and throw the ball right. and run sweets. But I really had to run powers. And I was, like, so sore after that game. <laughs> but it was what one a of big games. win. What, what a big huge. win to give Lavelle. Yes, and Lavelle – we, you know, we all of us love Lavelle, you know, and that was one of those things where, you know, we felt that we could go in and win. And once when we got up, it was no turning back, you know, and mm-hmm. Lavelle, that was the first time I really saw him kind of really get into it. Oh, yeah. yeah. He really got fired up. And usually he's kind of like relaxed. He got fired up at halftime and it was just to win it for him, but win it for the program and the fans was just awesome. It was just a great yeah. experience. Just a few more questions with Jamal tonight. Uh, you played at 6'3", 230. Mm-hmm. Aiden Robbins comes in at 6'3", 235, transfer from UNLV. What do you expect from Robbins in this offense this fall? Um, with Aiden, uh, Aiden is a, a physical runner. He's got size. He's got good speed. Um, he's a downhill runner, yeah. you know, and he's a, he's a move-the-pile guy, you know, but he has breakaway speed, too. You know, he's one of those guys that we probably had for years. He may be number one, to be yeah. honest. You know right. what I mean? He's, he's got that type of skill. And I had the opportunity to work with him a little bit over the summer. And I was very impressed with just, just his leadership and just the skill that he brings to that position. And I just think they – hopefully they will ride him, you know, and give him the ball. And, you know, he'll hopefully have some – he will have some great games. He's got a lot of talent. Does he remind you of, uh, a little bit of you? 
He does. Really? You know, he really, he really does. And um, <laughs> I really believe he's probably a more of a physical minded back than I was, Really, you know, because I was so involved in the past game and just getting out, making people miss. He's more of a, he looks for physicality. He will run through you, but he can get out and catch balls too. And he, he has some athleticism with him. I think he's a complete back, you know, a big back, you know, we're talking six, three, two forty. That's big. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it seemed like last year, Jamal, third and one and fourth and one was scary mm-hmm. for fans. Mm-hmm. We go, oh, no, it's third and one. Like, can we get one? Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have an Aiden Robbins back there, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and they didn't have Tyler Algier, mm-hmm. who on third and one seemed like it was automatic. He'd get, mm-hmm. his, he'd get downhill and he'd go get it, mm-hmm. even if it wasn't blocked. It, do you think with Aiden Robbins at, at that feature spot, that BYU becomes a better short yardage football team this fall? I have no doubt they will. Um, and the main thing is where the running game is going to be a priority plan in this league. You're going to have to run the ball. You know what I mean? And I think even though, you know, obviously we have a good quarterback, but he's new, right? He's new in our program, so there's going to be some learning curves and getting everybody together. But I feel we there's going to be games where we're going to have to be run heavy. You know, and I think Aiden and a few other backs that they have, you know, will be able to carry it, you know. Yeah, looking forward to that. Hey, Les from uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico. This, a shout out to Jamal and Multicultural Student Services. How's SOAR going this year? And we were just about to ask you, tell us about your work on campus. Well, you know, let me kind of change that a little bit. Okay. I, I no longer work in multicultural. All you right. Know, I'm the associate director of student wellness. Okay, student so I just, wellness. Yeah, so I just changed over. And actually, SOAR is going really good. And we sponsor, you know, we have events for SOAR for those okay. students. And, you know, we, we look, we're excited when those students, those high school students come down because they use our facilities. Sure. And we provides you know sports and games for them but but yeah so i'm in student wellness so student wellness what do you do i oversee our intramurals extra extramural sports um our swell courses that are all of our activity courses Mm -hmm. with adjunct faculty um oversee scheduling for the ipf you know so we kind of work with athletics you know and all smithfield house you know the rv those type of things and outdoors unlimited so what so wait a minute when, when my intramurals basketball team robbie bosco and my team got kicked out of intramurals you would have been the guy we would have come to to get reinstated after the fight, right? <laughs> yes, we would have had to sit down and talk. Yeah, you know a, I mean? a long talk. <laughs> just, just for the record, long talk. Just for the record, we did get reinstated because we didn't start the fight, obviously. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we, we may have finished the fight, but we didn't start it. We did get reinstated, and we went on to win the BYU Intramurals Championship, played that year in the Marriott Center, against Todd Shell, oh, first-round wow. draft pick linebacker, okay. and his team from Arizona. Two football teams, two football player uh-huh. teams, Played in the championship there, and we did get kicked out, but we got reinstated. Did you get T-shirts though? Oh yes. We okay. Did. Yes. As long as you got a T-shirt, yes. now everyone gets T-shirts. <laughs> Tell us about Cutback Elite Twenty Nine. Uh, you know that's my program that I've been doing. Wow, about almost twenty years now. You know, and I don't work creating with, running backs. Well, running backs and athletes. It's kind of morphed into more athleticism and training athletes to become better athletes, and that's my focus. And a lot of kids nowadays, right? They don't specialize in two or three sports so their opportunities to build athleticism at a young age you know kind of plays a backseat so I try to train them up to get them athletic to move quicker cut sharper and play better that's what that's kind of my motto (laughs) And, and and every coach is happy that you do that I hope. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and I love the fact that you've had a chance to work with Aiden Robbins and yeah. some of the guys that are currently in the program, and and, and it helps the program when yes. you're doing stuff like that, for sure. That's fun. Nick Robinson just got here. He's going to join and us in a couple he's minutes. He's in the green in the room. Wise guys. He's in the green room. He's in the green room. <laughs>
Can we please get some green carpet at some point? Maybe some green tape or something yeah. over there just to so. say. All right, you ready for five questions? We'll get you out the door. Yeah, everybody gets five questions. This is how we get to know it's you. All, and you're not allowed to really think about these. You just Despite answer. Despite the other 35 okay. questions we've already asked you. That's great. And, That's and right. Nick, you're going to get it too. So yeah, and, and some are the same, Nick, but we always cater one or two questions at the end that are specific to you. So let's, let's start with your favorite sports movie, Jamal. Remember the Titans. Titans. That's, a, that's our number one. It's so good. We watched it over it the football is. stadium when they oh, yeah. showed it a couple yeah. Friday nights ago. It's yeah, awesome. Out, out on the field, on mm-hmm. the big screen. How yeah. fun was that? So your favorite singer or band? Oh, wow. Um, let's do Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. I could go for that. We were just arguing the other day with my kids who are saying that Taylor Swift has taken over as the greatest of all time. I'm like, uh, I, j- I just said, just, I have just two <laughs> words for you. Michael Jackson. Yes. That's what I said to yes. them. So. Yeah. yeah. Did so, they believe you? Did they, did they, they buy they, it? Well, then they were like, oh, yeah, we forgot about Michael. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we forgot about Michael. So Taylor Swift's pretty talented. I'm not taking away from oh, her. Oh, she is. So favorite breakfast cereal? Uh, tricks. Tricks. Tricks are for kids. No, but, they're not. But sometimes not for, for tricky rabbits <laughs> and for dads. They're sometimes for dads. So favorite BYU moment. And it doesn't even have to be on the football field. It might be, but any BYU moment that's your favorite. I think one of my there's many favorites. One of my favorites is being able to uh, just having relationships with my teammates. Yeah, that's one thing right now that I could. Uh, I remember a lot of things, but that's the one thing that I felt was one of my favorites is just the relationships I have with teammates. Good. That's what it's all about. So, yeah. okay, right, number now, five. Last one is your your favorite advice from former BYU gymnast and your wife, Leslie. What, what, what's what's uh, What's the best bit of advice that she ever gave you? Oh, wow. And she's listening, so yes. I'll think this one through. Be kind. <laughs> so that's what she said. She just, just yes. be kind. Be kind. Yeah, that's pretty good advice. I, I hope. I hope. Yeah. You know, if, if we were all more kind, the whole world would be different. It'd be a better place. You know, and so the simple, simple truth of be kind. <laughs> so you think you represented her well there on that? Leslie, I hope, I uh, I okay. I hope when he gets okay. home, I want you to say that's exactly the best advice I've ever given. <laughs> so, all right. What kind of record is this football team going to have this fall? What do you think? Oh, wow. I don't want to get into that. Um, did they I'm get, pulling for eight wins. Eight. See, eight they, would be a phenomenal We season. just talked about that on the show, on the After Further mm-hmm. Review show today. Both Dave Nixon and I agreed that eight's not crazy. No, it's not. Eight's not crazy. It's not. Um, just with a little luck yeah. here and there. Things and have to go right. You yeah, got to stay healthy, go right? right? Oh, yeah. You got to yeah. stay healthy. So The pride of Bonanza High School. Uh, best of luck with student wellness and uh, with Cutback Elite 29. By the way, how do they get a hold of Cutback Elite 29? It's just that's my Instagram. They can either Instagram or they can go, you know, my Facebook, same thing. And TikTok, all that. If you want to be an all-American running back, that's what that's this what you where do. you go. Cut that's back to twenty-nine. That's what they say, right? <laughs> that's what we say. <laughs> that's proof, what we're saying. The proof now. is there. The, proof the great is there. Jamal Willis. Thank, thank you. you so much Thanks for so being much with Jamal. us. Thanks for having me. We appreciate you coming. We'll see you at the stadium this fall. Alrighty. Number four all-time in rushing, Jamal Willis here on the Wise Guys. Uh, let's go over some key dates before we move to our next guest. And and now the dates are upon us. Uh, BYU women's soccer in action Thursday at Rutgers. Saturday they are here against Idaho State, 7 o'clock. 
Mountain Time. That game's on BYU TV and ESPN Plus because it's an exhibition. Right. And, hey, we should mention AFR now, if you can't find it elsewhere, is on ESPN Plus on Tuesday nights as well. Which so is you, fantastic. So the, from, from now on. So part of this whole new collaboration with the Big 12 is a lot of the stuff that you and I are doing will air on ESPN Plus. So AFR Today was on ESPN Plus. And Plus. all the teams in the conference know where ESPN yep, Plus is. They sure do. So... Um, uh, soccer, se- soccer season opener. Oh, wait. I forgot about kick- Cougar kickoff. Yeah, we got the Cougar kickoff, and DJ's got a graphic to show you on August 16th. That's over behind the student athletic building, practice fields. All the fall sports will be there. Signing autographs. will be lined up. You know, bring, bring the kids out. It's meet. just like a party from 6 to 8 here local time. It's kind of like the Big 12 party. If you love that Big 12 party, which we did, only it probably not quite as hot out as it was that day. No, no, we're heading into the good yeah, weather. Yeah, so, so come to that Cougar kickoff. Um, and by the way, AFR next week we start player um, previews where we're going to talk about the the players that uh, will impact this season. And then on August seventeenth, soccer season opener, St. Louis at BYU. That's going to be on ESPN Plus. More a, uh, player previews on the twenty second on AFR. Women's volleyball gets going August twenty sixth against Pittsburgh over in Missoula, Montana. And then AFR will uh, wrap up our player previews, Keaton Slovis and those guys on the 29th, and we'll preview Sam Houston because the game is that weekend. That's right. September 2nd, Sam Houston at BYU, 8.15 Mountain Time on FS1. So, yeah, so those are the dates stuff. that are coming up. Let's bring on our, let's bring on our next guest. Uh, he's getting BYU basketball ready for its first season in the Big 12, he knows all about winning at Liberty High School in Missouri. His teams went 54 and three over his junior and senior seasons. 54 and three, as a two-year starter at Stanford, he was a captain on the number one ranked Cardinal basketball squad. Now getting ready for his fifth season at BYU. Our pleasure to welcome assistant coach Nick Robinson to the Wise Guys. Good to have you here, gentlemen. It's great to be here. How First about that, Jamal Willis? Wow, I mean, incredible. How would you yeah. like to tackle that? He's six six two. 2.30. I would have no chance to have he, he, I was telling him, that, and I've never told him <laughs> this before, but I was, we were at a spring practice, and he went out and caught a ball, and then he was returning kicks, and Bill Walsh from the Niners was there with Lavelle, and I was done playing, I was broadcasting, and, and Bill said to Lavelle Edwards, it's one of the best athletes I've ever seen, like athletes I've ever seen, and Lavelle goes, oh, that he is. It's just an incredible, incredible athlete. And what a great representative of BYU. Yeah, I would have gone for the shoestring tackle. (laughs) Now, you played football in high school. What position did you play? Uh, So I finished playing football in eighth grade. Oh, eighth grade. And um, I played wide receiver and uh, a little bit of defensive end. Defensive end? So you were an undersized defensive end? I was, yeah. Very skinny. You'd have to tackle Jamal, could come right at you? Yeah, and generally it was a shoestring tackle. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Let's talk about two big shots right out of the gate. 1988, you hit the game winner to beat Rockwood Lafayette. 42-41 42-41 to 41 to complete a 31-0 season at Liberty High School in Missouri. What happened on that play? It was fantastic. Now, it was 1998. You're oh, 98. Your just That's right. 1990? <laughs> it's 98. Um, My bad. No, no problem at all. <laughs> now, but, 88, uh, that would have been me. Yeah, that would have been me. Yeah, that would have been you. 
No, so, so we're, we're at um, uh, the old Mizzou Arena, yeah. and um, the semifinals were there, and we had uh, a pretty close victory in that game as well. And we get to the championship game, and, uh, you know, there's an Illinois commit, and, um, you know, they had a great team. Uh, you know, their guards were really, really exceptional. Uh, in fact, Ryan Howard was on that Lafayette team, uh, the great baseball player, home run king mm, at one really? point in time. Yeah. Um, but uh, we get towards the end of the game, and, you know, it's really, you know, coach calls timeout. we got to stay super calm. Uh, I did my best to do that. Uh, and our team, uh, we came down and we were able to get, um, uh, you know, a couple good passes. Um, and essentially, I just took, two, you know, one or two dribbles to the right and shot a pull-up jumper. And um, it went in, which was great. Right. Did you know it was going in? Yeah, at the time I did. When it left your hand, it felt like that's in. Yeah, no, I mean, at that point in time, you know, in in life, uh, we had a great basketball team, right? We were undefeated to that point. Uh, We'd been in, you know, other situations where, uh, you know, we needed a a game tying or a game winning, uh, you know, experience. And we had those through the years. So we had a lot of confidence in this moment. And, um, yeah, I mean, letting that thing go, I had just enough space, uh, went in, uh, no questions about it going in. Uh, but the issue was they had a lot of time left. So oh. we, we, we left a little too much time on the table. Um, but come down, get a defensive stop, it goes out of bounds, and uh, they get an line out of bounds play. And uh, we get another defensive stop, and then it's pandemonium. So it was fantastic. Isn't it amazing how we don't forget a single detail yeah, about everything like that? about oh, that. I can tell you where pretty much everybody on the court was, what we did afterwards. <laughs> but, but 31 and but, 0 at any level is a very, very special experience to go through a season in anything and never suffer a defeat. That has to be. You probably remember every game that year. Yeah, and for us, it really started in eighth and ninth grade, right? We It was junior high, right? And our group of basketball players essentially had stayed together through that time. And so sophomore year was a little rocky because a few of us went and moved up to varsity. Others had to play JV. Then we were all back together with a, uh, somebody that transferred in yeah. as juniors. And so, you know, we went through that season and felt like, you know, by the time we got to February that we were going, you know, to the state top. It hadn't been done since 1979. The picture of that team was up on the wall. And so we had to look at that every single day. And we're like, we are going. And so we were really, really driven our senior year. And there was luck involved. I mean, again, sure. we had a last second uh, victory on the road, um, you know, and during the playoffs uh, to be able to get us to that, you know, that next stage. And then, um, you know, we had a, a pretty, you know, kind of a comeback, uh, you know, slash big time moment. Uh, we had an overtime game where uh, our shooting guard, Ryan Stiegel, ended up going on to be a Big 12 uh, baseball player of the year, uh, made nine free throws in a row in overtime, right? You know, so, yeah, every, everything that's about awesome. the experience was fantastic. It's so That's so cool. Well, let's fast forward to your junior year at Stanford. So now we're in February of 2004. Had some great experience there with the Cardinal as well. Um, on February 7th, you get a steal. One of your 107, by the way, at, at Stanford. You cross half court and you, you sink a 35-foot shot to beat Arizona. That's on YouTube if you want to look at it. 77, and the fans storm the floor. Tell us about that moment. Yeah, well, first of all, if we back up just a little bit, we were down most of the game, right? Both teams are ranked. Essentially, the Pac-10 tur- Pac tournament at the time goes through Stanford, Arizona. It's yeah. been like that right. year after year. And... Um, uh, you know, we 
had to get a steal because we were behind quite a bit. Um, but we're down three. We get a steal, and we come down, and we make four left-handed passes to Josh Childress uh, in the corner, right, first round number six pick uh, in the draft that, that same year, and he hits a three, right? Coach calls a timeout. We yeah. get in there. Hey, we got to get a stop. Don't foul, right? We, we, get, we got this. So we come out, and essentially, right, you know, you, you kind of see it in the clip, but we almost foul, right? <laughs> Slam Stoudemire. <laughs> and uh, they managed to come up with the ball. But um, I was guarding Andre Godal at the time in the corner, and he lifts up as they go for a high ball screen. And um, Channing Fry, uh, you know, our big presents himself. And then all of a sudden now I'm in the play, right? So we get a deflection, the ball comes loose. I grab that thing. And uh, Chris Hernandez, our point guard, he's calling for a timeout. Uh, no, right? thank goodness he didn't get it. Yeah, nobody like, kind of sees that. He's calling for a timeout. Wait a second, Nick's got the ball. Hold on, let's, see, let's <laughs> chill out here. Um, but no, I looked at the clock, saw two seconds, took two dribbles, let it go. Two dribbles, and so two steps past half court. This you shot from from where we call gym range, time. Right? yeah, gym yeah. range, and then you watch that one go in and. Yeah, but Jim Arrange, he did it all the time, right? This was my first experience. <laughs> but this game. one, yeah, this no. one was one of the, I read about this, one of the biggest shots in Pac-12 history. This was, this was momentous, um, and, and you buried it. Yeah, and it felt good. I knew it had a chance. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I hit the ground, right, that I actually felt it and saw it go in. And uh, my teammate, Matt Lodick, first one to dive on the floor on top of me, which actually <laughs> protected me. Yeah. You know, because we've got, you know, Tiger Woods on the sideline, the, the entire, right, uh, student fan section. You know, they all just pile on, right? And uh, so it got a little scary because it got really heavy. Yeah. Um, and there was, you know, uh, you know excited. You know, fans that were in awkward positions, uh, but we all got up uh, and out of there, and uh, it was a, it was a great step in the process um, of the season that we had that year. Yeah, Max, very special season. Max Hall tells a story after he threw the touchdown to beat Utah in overtime, and they're in the end zone. Everyone comes and piles on him, and he's at the bottom of the pile. And he said, "This is it for me. I'm yeah, going to die like, right I here. I cannot breathe. This could be the end of my life, and that'll be bigger news than the fact that we just won." <laughs> So. Yeah, no, it, it, it's an amazing experience, and like to this day, anytime I see you know rushing the field, it brings goosebumps, but also that adrenaline rush. Oh, yeah. of, yes, let's stay safe, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> maybe that's why the Big Twelve says no field <laughs> rushing. Can we please stay safe? So, yeah. it wasn't much later. Um, you and Megan uh, welcome your first child, Annie, um, and and the team nicknames you Pops because I'm, I I can't imagine there's a lot of even married players. Back, back in those days. There aren't very many there now. Um, uh, and you're living uh, a BYU married student kind of a lifestyle over at Stanford. Um, how does that experience help you relate to the married players you have and coached at BYU um, during these past four years? Yeah, no, it's been fantastic to, to be able to understand what they're going through, right? You know, as a married student athlete, yes, one of the few, our point guard Mike McDonald gave me that uh, nickname Pops because uh, I was older than he was, right, yeah. as a senior. Um, not quite, but close. Um, but, you know, for our guys that are married and, uh, you know, Trayden Christensen starting a family, right, recently, um, you know, it's, it's a unique experience uh, because, uh, you know, you have 
have that additional responsibility uh, being married. And so, um, you know, you uh, feel like, hey, I've got a responsibility to my family, but also to my other family. And, um, uh, you know, and so all of a sudden it becomes a combined family experience. And so, you know, some of our favorite memories was, um, you know, Megan and having Thanksgiving uh, dinner at our tiny one bedroom. And that's right, I said Megan, it's Megan. Yeah, no, yeah. our tiny one bedroom, you know, um, uh, you know, married student housing, uh, you know, with all the guys over and, uh, you know, having a great experiences like that, you know, and then coming to the game and, um, you know, Annie, she was born on a Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. She was induced and born on a Sunday and we left on Wednesday uh, for uh, the Washington trip. And, uh, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, essentially present Annie to the entire team before we get on the bus um, is something that I'll never forget. And to this day, you know, those guys are like, oh, my goodness. Right. Annie is, you know, what age and she's doing what? And, you know, they're just as proud of her as as I am. And so, um, you know, it's a really neat experience for uh, for our family at that particular time. But it's also great for our guys here at BYU to be able to go through some of those experiences as well. you know, you're able to see, uh, you know, the guys that, uh, you know, are still finding, you know, the partner relationship and figuring that, you know, part of life out. And, um, you know, because the, the time when it's right, it's right. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when that comes for whoever it might be, um, you know, it can be a wonderful experience. But to be able to have multiple examples like Spencer and Trevin, you know, of making the young married life experience um, happen while they're in school and competing at the highest level, it's, it's fantastic. That's great. I I love that. And do you, did you feel back at at your time that it's like, Hey, I've got a wife and a child. Like I have a little more to play for than anybody. Cause I'm playing, like you said, for my family, that's my team, but I got this other, I'm playing for more people. And does it, does it give you some stability in what you're doing and more drive? Can it have a positive impact on you? Because BYU's got a lot of those folks, right? It, can it be a real positive thing for a player? No, absolutely. I think for me personally, it just narrowed my focus a little bit more. Um, you know, was I playing essentially for Megan? I wouldn't say that all the time. I was really playing for my brothers in between the lines, right? Mm-hmm. I was, you know, semi-crazy uh, when I stepped in between the lines, which was a very <laughs> good thing, right? Yes. You know, willing to do a lot of, you know, interesting things in order for us to be able to win basketball games, you know, because when you step in between the lines, that's what matters most. And so, um, you know, but yes, you know, clearly a little bit more motivation, um, you know, because you want you know, your spouse and you want your family and whoever that family might be, you know, to see you do well and to, uh, you know, have a great experience while you're having a great experience. Amber uh, in New York watching tonight, just watched your shot. Nice shot. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Amber, way to go. BYU assistant basketball coach Nick Robinson on the Wise Guys. The way, so. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and wiseguys.com. So you're born in Salt Lake. Yep. Moved to number of years in Europe. That's right. And as I understand it, um, you meet your future wife, uh, Megan, when you're seven or eight years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What happened? How did that, how did that start? Yeah. So, so our families got to know each other. We lived relatively close and, um, uh, our dad, my dad played professional basketball in England. Uh, so by the time I was what, two and a half or three, we'd been through two seasons in Belgium and France. Uh, we get to England and he ends up having a five season career there. Um, but in the summertime, he enjoyed working construction. And so our families got to know each other. And, um, you know, she had older brothers, uh, you know, soccer players, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, 
so yeah, so we got to know each other, you know, and, and my, our dads became really good friends. Yeah. And um, uh, we moved back to the United States. We moved to Texas. And, um, and then my senior in high school, I went back with my mom just to go visit where I grew up. Right. And, um, you know, I had a great experience, and Megan was all grown up. And so... <laughs> so now we have two grown Now we have a problem. We have two grown up. You, did, you didn't say, wow, you've grown up, <laughs> did you? <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, you know, and so then we did the long-distance thing for a while and, you know, got to know each other a little bit better. And, and um, you know, then she ended up in the United States going to school. And, um, you know, we reconnected, um, you know, post-mission. And, yeah. and uh, you know, we're... Uh, what are we on 20, you know, almost 23 years now. So that's an awesome story. Great. Yeah. Childhoods, not childhood sweethearts, but childhood friends. No, not many people just go to England as a, as a yeah. young boy and meet their wife. Yeah, no. Our parents seem to think that they set us up, but that's yeah. clearly <laughs> not the, not the case. case. Yeah. So <laughs> I, w- I want to take you back to high school. You're, you're a star player in Missouri. You're playing on a phenomenal basketball team that, that that's going 31 and 0. It came time to pick a school. My understanding is you woke your parents up at 2.30 in the morning to tell them that it had come to you that Stanford was the place for you. So so why Stanford? Well, why 2.30 in the morning, but but why Stanford? Yeah, so, I mean, at that point in time, uh, you know, I'd gotten recruited, uh, uh, you know, at the end of the summer of my junior year, right? It was a little bit different than nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, we actually had... Uh, kind of an open gym at William Jewell College. Uh, Larry Holly, may rest in peace, uh, you know, gathered, uh, you know, local college players and some high school guys. And, um, uh, you know, Steve Cleveland, Dave Rose, they came out to watch. Uh, Stanford, you know, watched me. Um, uh, you know, Rice recruited me a little bit in the University of Utah. Uh, Judkins, uh, you know, recruited me uh, during that time. Uh, so I went on visits uh, to uh, Stanford and Utah and had great experiences in both situations. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, in terms of going through the analytical process that my mind takes me through, um, you know, I wanted to evaluate, you know, the academics, you know, what's the, the teammates going to be like, what's the coaching, what's the philosophy, uh, what's campus like. And, um, uh, you know, once I'd gotten through that entire process, uh, you know, I began my, um, you know, process of understanding, you know, what's going to be best for me uh, from uh, my Father in Heaven's perspective. And so uh, once I began a- asking that question, um, you never know when the answer is going to come. Right. And, um, Sometimes you know, it's 2.30. <laughs> yeah. When, and when it came, it was, it, was, it was pretty much time to move forward. So, uh, yeah, woke my parents up, called coach next day, and off we went. So now you're in the business of getting kids to choose BYU over Stanford and every other school. What are your selling points as you sit down with a kid trying to get him to Provo? Yeah, so, I mean, number one, right, Coach Pope does an amazing job, right, in player development. And, you know, him being a former NBA player, right. um, you know, the success that he's had in building teams year in and year out, uh, to me, that's the number one selling point. And so, you know, for us to be able to, uh, you know, have young men that want to come in and work at the level that Coach wants us all to work at um, is really, really important. Number two, right, BYU is amazing, right? 
right? I mean, there's there's 33,000 students. Yeah. There's a 19,000 seats, you know, arena that's going to be sold out. You know, we're top 15, you know, currently, and yeah. it's going to rise to top 10 in, in terms of attendance. We've got amazing facilities. We've got fantastic for support from both athletic administration as well as university administration. And so, you know, people don't realize until they actually get here that BYU's been operating like a power five, like a big 12 team, you know, in the number yeah. one basketball conference for a long time. Um, you know, we've got great history, right? Right. From, um, you know, Kresmer Chosics, right? We're going to go to Croatia exactly. on our foreign right. tour, right? To Danny Ainge, to Jimmer, to, you know, everybody in between that has essentially built, right, the winning tradition, right, that BYU's had. You know, all the great coaches, um, you know, that have come through here. Uh, so it, it's an amazing place to be and very, very, in my opinion, easy to sell. Your Stanford career followed a two-year church mission to Brazil, and then coaching followed your playing days. Your head coach at Southern Utah between 2012 and 2016, and during that time, some issues come up with your vocal cords. What, what, challenge, what challenge surfaced, and what was that like? Yeah, so that was really interesting, um, you know, to be a vocal leader on the court, right, through high school and through college, and then, um, you know, to get into the coaching profession and to find your voice, um, and I think I was two and a half years in, and um, unfortunately, and probably wrongfully, I was yelling a little bit too loud in an empty gym, right, across <laughs> the court, and, um, you know, I got a strain, and didn't get it seen to initially, um, and so, uh, you know, then, you know, there was really just an imbalance in my vocal cords. Yeah. So they're supposed to connect, right, simultaneously right. Uh, to produce the sound that we need uh, at a wonderful level. And um, uh, there was an imbalance in the muscle as well as in one of the vocal cords. So, um, you know, essentially there were certain, like the H Right. I was able to say it right now pretty clearly. Yeah. Uh, and then a couple other letters as I was you know, trying to speak that just wouldn't come out. Uh, but then I also wasn't able to get the air that I needed because of the muscle that was having an issue. And so anyway, it was all it was all not good. Did it freak you um, out? It, it was very concerning yeah. at the time. Um, and so, you know, I learned to kind of monitor it the best that I could Then you know, found the best uh, help that I could uh, here in the state of Utah while I was here. Um, had a couple procedures done, uh, but it was really temporary uh, fixes, right? They would increase the, the muscle strength, right? Or increase yeah. the size of the vocal cord. Um, anyway, Jim Hayford gave me a chance um, at Seattle U, knowing the condition right. I was in, and we managed to find a, a, you know a great a doctor who actually had dealt with it himself, um, and that was able to get uh, uh, two procedures with him, and essentially was have been on the road to recovery since. Um, haven't had to deal with it. Still have a little bit of uh, uniqueness in my voice at this stage, uh, but not nearly the issues that I had. So yeah, it was a little bit nerve wracking and scary given the profession that I'm in. Yeah, because really you got to be able to yell at kids. Well, <laughs> Nick can just look at him sternly and they know he means business, right? But how random How random is, and maybe random is not the right word, but you're, you're just doing your job and you're shouting like we, we all shout and then all of a sudden 
A little yeah. switch flips and, and change forever? Yeah. And so, like, it's been described to me, singers actually go through the same issue yeah. that I've had, right? And so every now and again, you'll hear singers, hey, we've got to postpone the tour. Or Adele, got Adele to, had to take a whole right, year off, to, right? And again, my voice has nothing to do with Adele. It's not even close, <laughs> right? We but, want you to sing for us but, in a little bit. <laughs> but, but the nature of, right, the vocal cords, mm-hmm. right, in the process that they need to go through in order to be able to, you know, function properly. Properly. Yeah, it can, it can be concerning. This is fascinating because we've watched you in practice and uh, especially during shoot arounds when you're going over the assignments for everybody and it's clear and concise, but we can tell that you're making sure it's clear and concise. Has that been kind of how you focus to, to overcome it? Yeah, so one of the things, um, you know, that I've been asked by the doctors to do is to prevent high volume, right, right. for extended periods of time. Yeah. And so, you know, I can do it in short, you know, intermittent spots um, and, uh, you know, I've become, you know, pretty accustomed to doing that. Uh, but it's the kind of the over usage at the yeah. high levels right. that cause, you know, the problems. And so, um, yeah, so, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, I, I've learned to be a little bit more concise, a little bit clearer. Um, even if the volume raises, I kind of know exactly what volume I can get to um, uh, without straining uh, you know, my vocal cords at this stage. It's, he, he needs to go to the Steve Fisher, you know, coach fish. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to, I used to say to the guys that, to, to the assistants, to Dutch and those guys, Hey, what, what's coach Fisher doing? Like when he comes over to teach something, like he almost whispers and like everybody in the whole gym just immediately stops talking and they're deadly silent. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's going on? And he, he goes, Oh yeah. A couple of years ago, he decides not yelling anymore. I go, he just decided that. And he goes, yeah, and everybody knows that he's just not going to yell. Yep. So as soon as he starts to teach, he just talks in a normal voice, and everybody just comes over, and they all listen. That's what they have to do for Nick, Yeah. right? And they, they just come listen. And we notice that when we're at practice. I'm like, look, Nick's teaching, and everybody's in. Like, they're all in. They're paying attention, and you're enunciating, and you're doing all that. And everybody's right in, and they're all right there. Um, I, I think it's – I felt like when we were watching, I'm like, hey, these guys have a lot of respect for Nick. That's cool that they're doing that. So – it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to have you. Everybody has challenges and nobody's immune to them. Right. And so, and, and, and you're, you're kind of through this, but, uh, but still working on it. sounds like, um, we're, we're glad to have Nick Robinson yeah. and wise guys with us tonight, former high school valedictorian. So not only did he make game winning shots, he also graduated number one in his class. We got your FBI file. Yeah. For He's us. got a bachelor's <laughs> degree in political science and a master's degree in sociology. Um, both of those from Stanford University. That's amazing and impressive. Hey, where was Condoleezza Rice when they recruited you? Yeah, was she Connie there? Bear? Did she help seal the deal or was she uh, not too far removed from the White House, I don't think? Yeah, I don't, she, was, she wasn't there at the time when there. I was being recruited. But okay. um, I, I think she's the, my son-in-law, Dallas Lloyd. She's like the Lloyd. closer. Yeah. My son-in-law is Dallas Lloyd who <laughs> played, played football over there. Yeah. Oh, she closed him. Yeah. Yeah, Condi got him to, to be there. So <laughs> A lot of expansion news this week. Uh, how do you feel about Utah coming into the Big 12? You know, for me, the Big 12, right, has just grown, yeah. right? And so... To be able to have a few more, I guess, West Coast, right, schools in the mix, um, you know, feels like uh, it just strengthens, right, the basketball components. Um, and I can only speak to basketball. I, right. I don't know much about football. <laughs> um, but, you know, to be able to have the Arizonas, mm-hmm. right, the two, uh, you know, top schools in the state of Utah, right? Colorado. Uh, 
you know, to have Colorado, uh, you know, in my mind, uh, you know, it's somewhat a natural progression that the Big 12 is looking for to be able to strengthen the league. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just really excited for the opportunity that our guys are going to have, right, and us as a staff and Coach Pope to lead us into the Big 12, right? It's not very often that you get to be in the same place and all of a sudden, right, level up conferences in an amazing way, right? And so, um, you know, it's going to be super interesting and coach pope says all the time it's going to be super exciting and super scary right yeah. all of the above <laughs> um you know but i think that uh you know the commissioner is doing a great job of strengthening this league and uh you know putting us in position to be here for the long haul I thought of shorter road trips when I saw it. Yeah. You know, and, and there's well, the rivalry and, stuff, and, and, and I'm like, hey, that's not West Virginia. We've been talking. We haven't seen, you know, we don't know what this, it's going to look like with these new additions, but it would just make sense that in football, Utah and BYU would play every year, even if there's two divisions, that that would be a natural rivalry game. It also would make sense because there's going to be home and homes with some teams, and then you just play one game with others, that Utah and BYU likely play a home and home. So you're going to get two games in the state of Utah with, with one of the great rivals. That, that seems to be a positive for everyone. Yeah, and, you know, my first thought, you know, because I helped deal with game scheduling was, okay, the series is, you know, is ending this year with Utah, and I don't have to worry about scheduling yes. a day next year. No more politics, no more nothing. The Big 12 will take care of that for it's, me. It's, it's been a crazy <laughs> week. You know, we go from um, Thursday night they were telling us, hey, pac 12 meeting tomorrow morning, Friday morning, this is last Friday, um, to vote on this grant of rights deal. And so if they, if they get this thing done, Pac-12 is good. And then by 11 a.m. that day, it's like, hey, everybody's – it's no, only two signed it. They're out. Run for your the lives. The four corners teams are probably coming to, to the Big 12. I mean, it just all changed so quickly. And when the dust settled, um, there was Stanford and Cal, two phenomenal institutions, your, your alma mater – Without a spot, I mean, do you have any sense of where they might end up in this thing? Or do you have any hope for where they might end up? Yeah, I have no idea. But I hope, right, that they're able to find themselves in a great position um, to be able to compete at the highest level. I mean, you know, Stanford historically has had one of the great athletic departments in the country. Yeah. Now they do have a few more extra sports than everybody sure. else. Um, you know, but also, you know, as an alum, you know, you feel for, uh, you know, uh, the Cardinal and you want them to be able to have, you know, a play in this new landscape of college basketball. And so, you know, BYU, you know, they felt, you know, the independence, right, struggle and from a lot of different avenues yeah. and a lot of different, you know, uh, you know points. Uh, but, you know, BYU, you know, has been able to maximize that experience and you just don't know, right, when you, you know, may have to go through that, but hopefully, right, they are able to find the league and, you know, have a great experience and, you know, uh, moving forward and do, do, do the best they can. But that that's the world that we live in right now. I mean, it's yeah, not just it's Stanford and Cal. There's a lot of teams that are constantly in limbo of where are we going to be. Yeah, I mean, San Diego State, here's San Diego State coming off national championship game. And and then for a minute, it was rumored that you're going to be in the Big 12. And the Mountain West is like, yeah, well, you're going to pay your $17 million exit fee. And it's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. And now they're, now they're kind of on the outside just right think, now. Just think if they had left. Yeah. For the Pac-12, and then a couple of days later, there wasn't a Pac-12. Wouldn't that have been? It's, I mean, it's timing amazing. was so interesting. We're hearing today that there have been conversations with Stanford and Cal and the ACC, which academically makes some sense, which from a basketball perspective makes some sense, even from a football perspective, but geographically, and I don't know that geographically even matters anymore, but um, perhaps that's a possibility or independence for, for Stanford maybe. But would, would you be okay if they were in the ACC? 
Oh, I mean, I I, I like the Pac-10 <laughs> from years and years yeah, ago, yeah. right? That, this that has got to be a shock for you to yeah. just see it gone. Yeah, I mean, that, that was my experience right. at Stanford, yeah. right? The 2000 to 2005. And, uh, you know, clearly I have a fondness in my heart for my alma mater. Sure. You know, but, you know, the leadership there has got to figure it out, just like the leadership here has had to figure it yeah. out. Yes. So, you know, yeah. we've been really fortunate with the timing and grateful to be here at BYU. At Earlier today, time. it was announced BYU and Arizona State going to play Thanksgiving giving night yeah. in Vegas at 10 p.m. Mountain Time. That's nine for you folks in Southern Nevada in the Vegas showdown. And we already know Arizona's joined the Big 12. And we were, we were looking at each other going, isn't that just piling on? You got all the other schools, Kansas and everybody else. And then they go get Arizona. What did you think when they, when they pulled the Wildcats in? You're just like, come on. Really? <laughs> you know, I mean, the first thing I thought was, all right, you know, here we go. Um, you know, again, you know, uh, you know, uh, Brett Yormark, you know, is creating the best basketball conference, right? Anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's super exciting to be a part of that. Um, you know, but again, Arizona has been historically an amazing basketball yeah. team and program. And so, you know, it's another program that we get to deal with. And so, you know, in the Big 12, there's no shortage of good programs no. with history, including us. Yeah. Right. right. And so, uh, you know, we're going to have to dive, you know, all in and go for it. One of the things you get to do is uh, you're, you're leaving uh, for a trip to Italy and Croatia, August 18th through the 27th. Um, considering the new faces on the team, the new conference, seems like an important trip for this team. Um, what do you guys want to get done? Yeah, for us, I mean, every time I've been on a foreign tour, and I've been fortunate to go on a number of these, uh, the 10 practices leading up are crucial, right, to the upcoming season, uh, both from the staff perspective, the player perspective. One, they're able to get to know each other a little bit better. Right. When we first got here, we took that first group right. on the foreign tour and, um, you know, they were able to get to know each other, get to know the staff, uh, figure out, you know, where their roles might be and how they can expand those roles, what they need to do to be successful, um, you know. Uh, you know, with their teammates and with the coaching staff. And so, you know, these 10 practices and right now we're um, what are we uh, five and Anyway, I've lost track. But, um, you know, we're getting to experience that. And then to be able to be together as a team and to bond together as a team, you know, visiting some of the historical sites and going on some of the fun excursions and uh, just getting to know each other, in addition to playing the games, um, you know, really helps bond teams together uh, so that they can then make it through, right, the grind of the season and actually feel and understand, yes, we can do this. And so um, it, it's really exciting. Exciting. Feels really like perfect timing. It's great timing. Perfect timing for yeah. this. BYU assistant basketball coach Nick Robinson's on the Wise Guys. Starting his fifth season at BYU through the previous four, the Cougars are 68 and 26. Um, you got a 6'11 newcomer, Ali, Ali Khalifa and from Charlotte, and Dawson Baker coming over from UC Irvine. What do you like about those two? Yeah, we're super excited about both of them. Uh, you know, both guys have been in great college basketball programs for three years. And so they bring a level of experience and toughness and understanding of the game. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of first and foremost. Uh, you know, Dawson was able to, uh, you know, play at a very high level uh, at UC Irvine um, and won at a high level. And so he brings that winning mentality, that competitive spirit. Um, and so we're really excited about what 
he'll add to the team. Um, and then Ali Khalifa, right, you know, uh, was at a program that really struggled, right, his redshirt year, yeah. and they got a little bit better, and then they ended up winning, uh, I think, the CBI championship this last year. And, um, you know, he's uh, been extremely well coached. Uh, he's an elite passer for the size uh, that he brings. And, um, you know, we'll add a new dynamic uh, to our big core, uh, you know, this season. So, um, and he can you know, shoot the three. Yeah, as a, as does, a 6'11 yeah. guy, he can take bigs out to the perimeter and stretch, defense, stretch defenses yeah. and do all of that, right? Exactly. And, and that's something the BYU's needed the last couple of years. What does what uh, um, uh, Dawson bring um, in terms of a skill set? Because the people don't know who he is yet. Yeah, so Dawson, in terms of his skills, right, he's capable uh, of a little bit of everything. Um, he can create his own shot. He shot the three pretty well. Um, he's tough as nails, um, really competes, uh, you know, defensively. You know, he brings a certain edge uh, you know, with him. And so, you know, we're excited to kind of get the whole package and see how he, you know, he fits within, uh, you know, uh, the roster. But uh, in terms of his skill set, uh, I'm, I'm excited as well to kind of see, uh, you know, where his competitive spirit and toughness, uh, you know, comes on both ends of the floor. Mike from Beaumont, Texas, chiming in. And Spencer with a comment, uh, you're the best, Nick. We love you. Thank you for all you do. Sending prayers for this upcoming season. The fans know what you're up against. Can you feel that? I mean, they, there, there may be the anxiety and they're going to sell the place out because you know they're all in. But everyone knows this is different from the WCC. Absolutely. It is, right? And, yeah. and, and that's, that's fantastic. And so it's, it's really, really neat to be able to uh, feel, right, both from the fans, right, from the players, from the staff, from all of Cougar Nation, both young and old, uh, you know, the excitement surrounding, uh, you know, the teams that, are be, that will be coming to the Marriott Center, right? When we go on the road, um, you know, as we have in the past, but to be able to see, you know, kind of a different atmosphere uh, is going to be super exciting. Yeah. But, you know, all the luck, all the prayers, those are all needed, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, the, that's the world we live in. And so uh, we'll take as much of that as we can. I don't think anyone's ever turned down prayers. Yeah, no, we'll, no. We'll, we'll take them, right? <laughs> what, what, what's the biggest challenge you'll face as you're trying to put this roster together and go and compete in that league? Is there, is there are a few things specifically that – that uh, you look at and go, yeah, these are big challenges. You know, I think the biggest challenge right now is staying focused on the here and now, right? You know, the league play doesn't start until January 6th, and so yeah. we've got a lot of improvement to make from now until then. And the guys have been really focused, um, you know, in that regard, just taking advantage of each of these practices as we prepare for this trip. Our non-conference schedule is going to be, a, you know, a good quality schedule, right? We mentioned Arizona State, right? We've got the San Diego State and Utah games. Fresno State. So, I think's in there. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And so, you know, all of those games are crucial to our growth and development to prepare us, right, for what we're hearing is, right, one, the most physical league, mm -hmm. right, night in and night out. Um, and so, you know, to be able to prepare ourselves for that experience come January 6th, it's really all about what we're doing today. Quez Glover uh, was on the team. We hear that he's not. It came through the portal. Maybe he's back in the portal. Uh, if that's the case... You have two scholarship openings and kind of late in the year to fill them so you just hang on to them and kind of just see what happens or what, what's the strategy there yeah i think at this point right coach pope um you know wants to have a great fit 
right? Yeah. Whoever that might be. Um, you know, clearly we're still recruiting um, as much as we can, um, as fast as we can, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, given our foreign tour as well as, uh, you know, school starting September 5th. And so, you know, if we were able to fill both those roster spots and they, you know, the individuals were amazing fits, right, for BYU and for Coach Pope, then absolutely, they, they you know, we, we want them to be here. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, yeah. um, you know, in that regard. But, yeah, that's where we are right now. You know, the Big 12 matrix is, is out. We know BYU is going to Kansas, and we know Texas and Houston are coming to the Marriott Center, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, what were you thinking when you saw the schedule for the first time? Uh, when I saw uh, who we would be playing, both on the road and at home, um, and then also our you know, partner teams, um, I really just got excited. Um, you know, because, you know, our guys, you know, have not had an opportunity to experience some of these venues. Right. And right. so, you know, for all of us to be able to go in, uh, for example, to a specific venue and, you know, play our guts out and do everything we can and lay it all on the line and to, you know, come away with a victory, you know, will be an experience that they'll never forget. Right. To have, you know, whichever team come into the Marriott Center and there's 19,000 fans and everybody's super excited. And again, we play our guts out <laughs> right for 40 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever it takes and to be able to you know hear and see uh, the satisfaction on our guys faces uh, when that happens um, i'm just super excited that they're going to be able to experience this night in and night out you played with the pac-12 logo on the floor and the wcc logo on the floor and you probably watched them paint the big 12 logo on the floor in the practice facility and, and the marriott center uh, as you as you watch that transition of just the the number on the floor uh, do you get a sense, and the players as well, that that uh, yeah, this is the big time. This is this is where this program's never been. Yeah, I mean, for me, having experienced, you know, the high level, you know, in the Pac-10 many, many years ago, and it was really just last week, right, I walked in and saw the Big 12 logo, yeah. um, you know, it wasn't just, you know, uh, you know, kind of a somber, you know, experience or moment, it was, you know, complete excitement and satisfaction for all the individuals, right, that have made this happen, right? Like, it really is the history of BYU sure. that has gotten to this point and that's coaches right in all sports that's the athletic administration that's the university administration right it's everybody you know that has supported BYU from a media standpoint it's BYU broadcasting right like it's everybody right Cougar Nation Cougar Nation Cougar Nation that has been involved in making this happen right I you know my, myself I, I, I'm just lucky in some ways right to be able to step on the floor and see the logo right to experience before everybody else does right but it's it, and it, on your shirt yeah that's right you guys are both sport you guys are both sporting right. these new shirts I, nice. I didn't get the memo or I no. so you know there's quite the responsibility to be able to go out and represent right both byu and the big 12 right that combination is a unique combination that byu's never experienced but to be able to represent that um you know day in and day out it, it definitely you know is a, a fun and a cool and a unique experience Public, the public doesn't get to see the guys much, except for maybe a couple of social media clips because you're 
uh, one where in the summer and you get these additional workouts uh, or you wouldn't even start, I, I believe, by now. But uh, and we have a media availability coming up Friday, which will be cool to see. But what, what's the vibe? What's the vibe on, with your kids? Yeah. So right now, the guys have been working extremely hard. Um, they're very excited about this foreign tour. Um, each practice uh, from a group perspective, we've gotten a little bit better. Um, but, you know, one of the kind of vibes, I guess, is we're older than a year before. Yeah. And so, you know, the guys that have, you know, been able to, you know, uh, you know, learn and grow, you know, day by day, you know, are now starting to kind of see and sense, man, this is this is kind of interesting. Um, you know, this is kind of exciting. Um, and we've also been able to see, uh, you know, some of our guys, you know, kind of grow into themselves just a little bit more. Right. And so for them to now have a year, right, uh, with each other, you know, there's a certain sense of, oh, this is, you know, this, this is this, and this is this, and this is how this works, and this is how that goes. And so, you know, that component, right, of team building and program building gets really, really exciting from a coaching perspective because where we were a year ago is very different than where we are today. Right. That's great. Yeah, and that's great to hear. Do you think he's ready? First five questions. Yeah. Do you think he's ready? Yeah. This has just been like the warm-up yeah. band yeah. for yeah. this for moment right here. I, I was just going to say, I saw Sean Farnham on a – a program a couple weeks ago to talk about the Big 12, and he said some teams in the Big 12 are in for a surprise when they come to the Marriott Center. He says because there's great venues in the Big 12, but there's not a better venue than that Marriott Center when it's filled to the rafters and teams are playing at elevation. I think it's one of the great home courts in all college basketball. Ask the Zags if it's a good home court. <laughs> and St. Mary's. Ask, ask everyone who's Mary's had a nightmare if here. It's a, ask anybody. And so, so you guys have that in your holster, and I think that that's a that's going to be so fun when these big time programs come in and find out what the Marriott Center is all yeah. about. I'm looking forward to Houston coming back. Remember they were yes. here in that battle we had, we, we and that. they had like three NBA guys on their mm -hmm. roster. We've done. We did a Houston game. We did Baylor game yeah. when Baylor was in here. Wow, those are always, those are fun fun games, yeah. and BYU always rises to the occasion. Get yep. somebody like that in the Marriott Center, it'll be fun. So, all right, you ready for the big five? Let's big go. five Let's questions. These are almost the same. Right? And, you, and you've had, like, you know, some time to put some thoughts yeah, there. You're in the green room you and you Jamal. heard Jamal. So, your favorite sports movie? Clearly, I didn't think about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, take all that back. <laughs> Should we tell them who Marie Osmond's is? When she, Marie was, she was on the show, she Hoosiers, said right? Hoosiers. Yeah. Okay. She's married classic. to a basketball player, That's former good. BYU basketball player, Steve. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know if this counts, but I really like The Last Dance. Last Dance. So it's, it's, it's more the like the documentary series, right? Netflix, yeah, but, which I love. You know, you know it's longer so, than so, a movie. Yeah, it's it's like a series. No, it's like, like a five part series. We're gonna it? we're gonna yeah. go with it. It's like The Godfather. That's What's about it? as long as The Godfather. My, my boys were always. Somebody just said, the Johnny Manziel Netflix series is coming out today. Can't wait. Like so, they watch all of those. My boys and they okay. They well, get Brenda and I watching them. We'll so. put that down. The Last, last Dance. Last Dance. Okay. Awesome, by the way. So, um, your favorite singer or band. Um, I would have to go with uh, kind of a tie, Garth Brooks and Michael Jackson. So, two Michael Jacksons tonight, but I can go with Garth Brooks, too. Have that's you, kind uh, of a uh, – Garth and Michael Jackson are kind of from that's, – that's, that's the two, two different, different spectrums. two genres, which it's great. Yeah, coming together as this one. This shows depth <laughs> when you have a variety like this. So, it's, they're so talented. I, yeah. I never saw Michael Jackson, but I have seen oh. Garth, and it's like, oh, my God. I saw Janet Jackson was, you know, not quite Michael, but wow. Um, and Garth Brooks – I think my favorite song Garth Brooks is um, the one where he sings about the Here's Your Mom, Meet Your Mom. Yeah, that's great. That's a great oh, one for Mother's Day. Brings a tear to my eye yeah. every single time. Your favorite breakfast cereal? 
Uh, so growing up, it was Frosted Flakes. <laughs> yes. Did you leave Frosted Flakes behind? I've, I've left Frosted Why? Flakes behind. Why would you do that? I have a whole bin of it at my house. What, what possibly and, and could then, replace <laughs> Frosted Flakes? And so now it's Raisin Bran Crunch. Raisin Bran Crunch. But All does right. Raisin Bran Crunch have like some sugar on it already? I my wife so. claims okay. there's yeah, sugar we, on the raisins, but, so that's why she doesn't yeah, like it. Okay. But, but the sugar intake is a lot less than Frosted than Flakes. Frosted Flakes, okay. Because that's true. I, I mean, we, we really don't take a stand, but I think it's pretty clear. We're against all cereals that are not sugar cereals. I had Frosted Flakes this morning. Does that make me what a bad what person? What did Danny no, tell us he liked? Not what, did at Danny all, not at all. what did Danny tell us he liked? Danny well, Ainge. He liked what, what it, his wife fed him was shredded wheat. Shredded wheat. What he liked right, was something different. Please tell us you're talking about the frosted shredded wheat. He's like, no, no, the regular shredded wheat. Just, We're like, oh. It's like eating no. a bale of hay. And then, and then the Kyle day. Van Noy comes in and says, he and Marissa feed their kill. They don't do cereal at their yeah. house. Their kids eat uh, vegetable smoothies for breakfast. Wow. I was like, Impressive. wow. Clearly Impressive. against their will because they don't know a difference. And don't think we respect that because yeah, we don't. Because we, we just think that those kids it. should get tricks or frosted flakes. We acknowledged or it and moved on. Yes, exactly. That's what we so. did. All right. Okay, your favorite ice cream. Um, you mean which kind? Which, 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 which flavor? flavor and kind? Like we okay. can pub, we can pub it. Okay, um, I like all ice cream. Um, <laughs> okay, that's I, a big category. I, I, from the creamery, I like BY or uh, Graham Can- Graham Canyon. Graham Canyon. Graham okay, Canyon. I got to try that one. Okay, and then uh, uh, generally, kind of any uh, uh, you know chocolate chip Oreo, all okay. that kind of stuff. So o- Oreo, yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. So you're a connoisseur. Ben and Jerry's makes one that I just got that that we just stick in the fridge and I have one tablespoon a night because I can't eat any more than that. But that Ben and Jerry stuff's involved. It's called, uh, the tonight dough instead (laughs) of the tonight show. Oh wow. And it's got all kinds of good stuff in it. So, you know what I like? I like that, uh, Haagen-Dazs Dolce de Leche. Oh yeah. He likes, he likes the Dolce. That stuff's good. Very good. Um, I told the story a few weeks ago, but BYU football recruit was on campus, a little behind the scenes and, and you know, and you guys do the same thing. Is there anything that you absolutely want to do while you're on campus? Because we have this agenda, but what do you want to do, right? So they ask him. And his parents look at each other in the family and go, can we go to the BYU creamery? <laughs> and, and I'm like, the is kid's it, sign, right? Is that the closer? Is that where you're taking the creamery? At that point, the kid's like, he's, like, he's got a sign, right? So You go to the creamery. You're not walking out of there that, that's having the not one, signed You guys, it. it's the one thing they wanted. Of everything they could possibly see on campus, they wanted to make a stop at the BYU creamery. I'm like, if that kid doesn't sign, <laughs> right? I think you got that's that, fantastic. guys. Okay, so. last one. And it is the same, but your favorite advice ever from your wife, Megan. Um, I think that uh, my favorite advice that she's given me, and it's very similar to Maul's, was, well, be kind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's also, uh, you know, be present. Mm, that's a great one. So, be present meaning? Meaning, you need like to don't, be here. When, when, you, when you're yeah. here, be here. Don't be, I'll be right with you in a minute. I want to get off yeah. my phone. Right? Be there. Be yeah. in the moment. Yeah. I love that. That's easy to not be. It's easy to not be present. It's, too, it's easy to be in the room, but it's well, easy and, to and not it doesn't be even have to be a cell phone. Like you can, you can be in a room and your thoughts be elsewhere. Um, and I think it's hard in this world with so much stuff coming at us to be present. I think be present is a such an important thing that we're we're with who we're with and we're there with them for them when we're there. I love that. That's we're glad one. that you're present here tonight. That's Thanks for coming with us tonight. Thank you. For we so love much. having you. Like Nick. you have it's said, great. I got a quote from you. From you. Basketball has taken me all over the world. I've been fortunate to have that round ball in my life. It's going to take you to Europe next week. It's going to bring you back to the Big 12 when you return. 
I don't know if you're going to be the tour guide with all your experience in Europe. Uh, maybe you are for the team. But um, that round ball has, has taken you everywhere. Isn't that crazy? It's amazing. Um, when I was really young, um, my dad, who you know, came from a town of 500 people, uh, he was the first to graduate um, as the youngest of you know, uh, a lot of uh, siblings uh, from high school, um, and uh, then the first to graduate from college. And um, you know, when I was young, uh, he gave me a basketball. Uh, it was one, I still have it, uh, but one he had broken a backboard with. Right, oh, which is wow. kind of cool. Nice. So, um, but he said, uh, you know, Nick, this basketball can take you anywhere you want it to, right? Um, and so, you know, I've been very fortunate, right, yeah. to uh, been able to play uh, at a very high level, and it's taken me a lot of different places, and to now be able to coach, um, you know, with that round basketball, um, you know, in a, in a different way, and been very, very fortunate. Uh, so again, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely humbled by. The game itself uh, got a lot of respect for the game and feel very grateful uh, to be here at BYU, right, with Coach Pope uh, moving into the Big 12, uh, you know, with the rest of the staff, Coach Fear, Coach Fennell, uh, uh, Keegan Brown. Michael, um, Michael Davey, you know, new kid yeah, in town. Yeah, yeah, new kid you know, in town. Uh, Michael Davey goes by Wiz. He goes by Wiz? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Because when I think of Michael, I think of Wiz. So Michael is uh, named the new director of strength and conditioning and sports science at BYU. Yeah. So he's going to join the staff and yeah. and work, work with athletes. From the, he, he Milwaukee, from the Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So worked with Elijah. Yeah. yeah, Eli talked about him. So yeah, yeah re that's really cool. So we'll, we welcome him in. But yeah, what a tremendous staff. And, and, uh, and that's, that'd be fun to go to work every day with that group. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Hey, we look forward to... Riding through the season with you Let's in the go. Big 12. What a historic time coming for men's basketball. Thank you so much Thanks for being so here. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate, appreciate it. it. So. Nick Robinson. And by the way, you can, you can learn more about the Robinsons in the Deep Blue. That's, That's pretty right. good. Yeah. Uh, at org. Uh, just type in Robinsons and it'll come up. Thank you, Coach. We'll see you Friday. Thanks, guys. What a, what a great visit to have. With, hey, what a story. And I didn't even get to ask him what it was like to be number one in the country. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of pressure yes. as he yeah. was a player at Stanford when they were they were yeah. number one. An additional note on Elijah, by the way. Oh, yeah, on, 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 on Bryant, yeah. So um, his Turkish team, uh, Andalou Efes, opens up the season October 5th against FC Barcelona. Last night, Barcelona signed Jabari Parker. So the two Latter-day Saint ballers are going to meet in October in Istanbul. Yeah, that's great. So, hey. It all happened because I was just in Barcelona last is that, week. Is it, you helped I pull paved, it all together? I paved the way for Jabari um, <laughs> in, in, uh, in Barcelona this last week. So. Next week, Athletic Director Tom Holmo is going to be with us on August 22nd. Hall of Fame Olympic runner Henry Marsh and Hall of Fame tight end Dennis Pitta. And we're going to all Hall of Famer month pretty yeah, much, right? Month. So because uh, on August 29th, the Hall of Fame quarterback Steve Young and former Cougar Philadelphia Eagles. Who's uh, in our personal Hall of Fame. Yeah. Oh yeah, Vaisikhem is in. We had a three and a half hour lunch together the other day. Vaisikhem, I'm gonna have him tell. I'm gonna have him tell a story. Uh, well, he have lots of stories. We might to tell be going late that night. Yeah, we might. But but the, the, he told my kids. Will you remind me, Dave, to have him tell a story about his favorite game ball in his game ball case? Favorite game ball. Yeah, be, because it's not. He's he's been to the Pro Bowl. He's got you know. It's, it's a unique ball that's his favorite ball for a unique reason. And he told this story to my kids. I want him to tell that to everybody next week. So awesome. remind, me, remind me to ask him about that. Let's talk football here in these last few minutes together. And then we'll, um, 
We'll roll out this day in history. We sure appreciate everyone on the live stream hanging with us, and we've still got you know plenty of show left. So uh, if you haven't uh, come in with your locator, let us know where you're watching from tonight. Um, practice today, this week, has been in pads. Connor Pays told us uh, there's great vibe in there. Dean Slovis do, told us everything's going you, you great. You and I visited with all these guys, but yeah. don't you love Connor Pays' energy and oh, yeah. his... I mean that he's the center. Yeah, he's Pei. the center. He's the captain on that offensive line. Makes all the line calls. And you and I walked away from having a visit with Connor. We're just like that offensive line's in good hands with that dude leading him. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. He's so much energy. He's, and he's a humongous human being. Gennaro Guilford told us he's really happy with the physicality yeah. of the corners. Yes, um, Fessy Sataki got a really solid five or six man rotation at wide receiver with with Roberts and Epps and Hill and Marion and Laster. He's got Nyborg Moore. We, we saw all kinds of receivers making plays. I, I'm just naming a few, but um, and the two new transfers um, and, and Marion Laster have really showed well in this first week of practice. So the receiving core is, is showing up and looking really, really deep in this first week of practice. Earl Carr from Bountiful tonight. Chaplain Brett from Spanish Fork. Great to have you with us here on the Wise Guys. BYU, by the way, is number eight in total wins in the past 50 seasons with 431. That's eight, number eight in the country. Yeah, yeah. Only Ohio State... Oklahoma, Georgia, Alabama, Nebraska, Michigan, and Penn State have won more football games than BYU over the last 50 Amazing. years. And, and hey, I'll give you an overall. I, I had a really nice visit with Kalani last yeah. night. And, and his overall, overall vibe was really, really positive. He, he said that so far in camp, um, it's been back and forth. And that in one, not in a whole practice, it's not like, hey, the offense was best in practice. It's like in this particular segment, like two-minute offense, the offense was phenomenal, and they, phenomenal, and they, and they dominated a little bit. And then they did four-minute drill right after that, and the defense was so ticked off, they came back and they shut the offense down. Then they did goal line, and the offense kicked some butt. And then the defense came back, and, and he goes, my experience has been when it's back and forth like this in fall camp, that's, that's what you want. It brings the competitive level of the team up. You don't want one side of the ball yeah. to dominate um, and get too confident and the other side of the ball lose confidence. You want them to go back and forth, and it creates competition in practice. And we understand it got a little chippy in practice nice. today nice. because it's getting that way. And so he feels really, really good about where they are after the first week of practice. It was fun, fun to talk to him. If, you, if you've never had a chance to talk to Kalani Sitake, He's an amazing human being, and he's he's also you just get energy when you talk with him. You, he just brings energy. And what Nick said a moment ago, he's when you talk to Kalani, he's present with you. Yes, he's he's, he's all there. he's a busy guy, but if you're talking to him, he's he's there. He's with there you. with you. And, and, and players and players' families love that, and yeah. that's one of the reasons he's such a good recruiter. But I've. I've I, I was energized by my conversation with him last night about where the team is after one week, and That's I think great. we all should be. Fantastic. So. The uh, coaches poll came out this week. The AP poll comes out next Monday. The top five for the coaches poll, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU. Yeah, no surprise. In the Big 12, Texas is number 12, TCU is number 16, Kansas State's number 17, Oklahoma's number 19, and Texas Tech is number 24. Texas Tech, remember, that's my sleeper um, for this year to compete for a championship in the league. It, you like Kansas State a lot. 
this year. Yeah, as I, we, as we've I voted the for teams, them to win the league. You know, Dave thinks Kansas State. I think Texas Tech is going to be better than anybody gives them credit for. I also agree Kansas State is going to be great. All right. So. Uh, the Coog Dude just posted, joining from Modesto, California, where Dallin Hall served in our ward during COVID. Uh, we need California out of conference games to replace Utah and Arizona, as well as to add at least one Northern California conference member so I can, so I can be the road mascot. So he's, he's asking just, he's for asking games. He's asking for more games in California. Just play Cal and Stanford, I believe is the interpretation, yes. so he can be the mascot yes. on the road. There we go. Dude, thank you. How about this? College football starts two weeks from this Saturday. The first game is Navy against Notre Dame, the Irish number 13 in the coaches' poll. That game's in Ireland. Saturday, August 26, 12.30 p.m. Mountain Time on NBC. And then later that night, we get to see USC for the first time. So this was that 6.30 kickoff over there. Um, who goes and plays Notre Dame in Ireland? Navy. That just doesn't seem like you can. That's a winning The deal. luck of the Irish is not going to yeah, yeah, I think it's too much. So San Jose State at number six USC on Saturday, August 26, at 6 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network, the last year of the Pac-12 Network. I'm curious to see USC. You know, a lot yeah. of people think they got well, a shot. If, if, if Caleb Williams is really healthy, they got a lot of weapons, and he's a special, special player. He clearly wasn't healthy in that. Remember, in that game against Utah, he was Utah was blitzing. He was, was running all leg. over the place, and then, then he pulled his hamstring on that long run, and that was the end of it. One leg. So he is very, very much a part of whether they're good or not. Huge so. week for the Cougars in the NFL. 20 BYU Cougars currently on NFL rosters, and we got a few of them here. But first, let's, let's look back at Zach Wilson against the Browns the other night. I thought it was a new kind of Zach. There was no pressure on him. He was smiling, and it looked like he was having some fun. I love the, the comments that are coming out from Aaron Rodgers and watching the video coming out of camp of those two working together. Aaron Rodgers is taking Zach Wilson under his wing and working with him. And Zach's... A, just taking it all in. He looked relaxed. He looked comfortable out there. He didn't play a lot, but but he was good when he was in there and looked like he had great velocity on the ball. I love that 57-yard bomb. Yep. Looked Thought it good. looked good. He looked good. I, 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 hey, it's not just me saying it. Aaron Rodgers said he's going to have a long, long career and be really yeah. good in this league. Hope so. so. All right, Thursday night, two nights from now, the Vikings play the Seahawks at 6 o'clock Mountain Time on NFL Network. Jaron Hall will be playing. Are we going to see Jaron? That'd be so great. I hope he plays significant minutes in this one. Uh, yeah, like a whole half. I thought Zach could play the whole half. Yeah, he played a quarter. Yeah. But uh, we're going to see Jaron Hall. He's yeah. fighting for a spot. And then how about Friday night, the Falcons, Tyler Algier, who's already an established player, um, versus the Dolphins. Chris Brooks is with the Dolphins. He's right been now. making some headway yeah. in practice. Also Friday, the Commanders and Dax Milne taking on the Browns with Sione Takitaki. Sione coming off that ACL and uh, looking forward to a great bounce back season. Right. Also on Friday, the Broncos and the Cardinals. Tyson Williams with the Cardinals. He's running back you in the oh, NFL. Yeah. Saturday, lineman you too. Saturday, the Colts and Blake Freeland take on the Bills. They're at the Bills. And then, hey, we get to see Zach Wilson again. Maybe he plays a little bit more this time. On Saturday, Zach and the Jets uh, are at the Panthers against Brady Christensen. That's at 2 p.m. That's on the NFL Network. And then Saturday night, uh, Michael Davis and the Chargers. Not sure if Davis is going to play very much as a starter in the corner, but they're playing the Rams, and we know Puka Nakua is going to play. That's also on the NFL Network at 7. We've seen some really good comments coming out of the um, uh, out, out of the Rams um, coaching staff about oh, yeah. Puka Nakua, so saying great things. And then Sunday, the Chiefs with Matt Bushman against the Saints – with the dynamic duo of Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. Like, 
Taysom and Jamal aren't just trying to make the team. They're no, obviously they're, they're bona fide stars. But we're um, hearing good things about Bushman. Yeah, we are. And so, so uh, wouldn't that be nice to have Matt make the Chiefs? So, so that's on the NFL Network at 11 a.m. Mountain Time Sunday. By the way, Alvin Kamara was suspended for the first three games this season for an incident that happened back in Vegas. That makes Jamal Williams the starter. So do you draft Jamal in your fantasy draft? And well, you you want to start in the first three games, right? And we're not talking about preseason. He's going to start the first three regular season right. games, and then he's going to get goal line carries. And he yeah, had seventeen touchdowns last led year. The, led the NFL in touchdowns. I think. Note he, to self. Yeah, draft, draft Jamal. Jamal Williams in your fantasy, <laughs> and then Sunday, also on Sunday, the 49ers and Fred Warner, who will probably not play very much against probably the Raiders, um, on the NFL Network at two p.m. Yeah, Fred. Fred's uh, not just a – he's a bona fide star. Yeah. And in my opinion, the a lot of The best linebacker people, in the game doesn't need to a play lot of, In a lot of people's opinion, the best linebacker in the, in the National Football League. Pretty so awesome. We wish all the Cougars a chance, especially the young ones who are going to be in action yeah. uh, in these games. And it's fun to have these games all so over fun. the place. Yeah. Starting 20 Cougars Thursday. currently on NFL rosters. That's awesome. Let's wrap up with on this day. Yeah, let's go. Let's start with 1709 on August 8th. The first hot air balloon takes flight. <laughs> let's let's go back in time. Wait, was that? I thought the Wizard of Oz was before that. When did the wizard <laughs> do that? Let's say you're in 1709, and this guy goes, hey, I got an idea. You guys sit in this basket. Yeah. I'm going to light this balloon. We're going to set I'm it free. fill it up with heat. That's and fantastic. I think the heat air is Everybody in. Yeah. That's nuts. I'm not getting in that thing. 1844 on this day, Brigham Young sustained as the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints after the passing of... Uh, Joseph Smith, who was martyred back in Illinois. 1844, Brigham Young, sustained as president of the church today. 1974. A different kind of president. Yeah. President of the United States, Richard Nixon, announces he will resign as president of the United States on the heels of the Watergate uh, the uh, Watergate debacle. Yeah, I was seven back then. I don't remember any of that happening. You were, what, nine, ten? I was 11. 15? I was 11. 20? Come on. <laughs> 1976, the Chicago White Sox suit up for a game in shorts. Why did they Must do have this? been a hot day back there. So Come on. It's, I'm not surprised it's the White Sox. Not true. In 1984, Carl Lewis wins his third gold medal at the Los Angeles Olympics. 1988, on this night, the first night game at Wrigley Field, Cubs-Phillies, and it rained out in the fourth inning. Come I remember on. I was anchoring the news on KBYU-FM in the evening, so it was like 6 o'clock, whatever, and we had this little TV with cable, and I was watching the Cubs game, and it started pouring rain, and they were joking that clearly Divine Intervention did not want lights at Wrigley Field. That's right. And so they rained it out. 1992, the original, the greatest basketball team ever assembled, by the way, the original dream team, wins gold at the Barcelona Olympics. We're talking Jordan, Bird, Magic, Johnson, um, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing. And there were a bunch of others. It's amazing. And, and That's I, amazing. I, I mentioned this last week, but we, when we were in Barcelona a couple weeks ago, our guide was taking us on a bike tour, and there's a beautiful hotel on the beach called the Hotel Arts. Yeah. And uh, his talking point was, that's the hotel. That's where the Dream Team stayed in the Olympics here in Barcelona. I'm like, oh. Back in 1992, that's still a spot? And, and I said, uh, um, oh, so did they house Olympic athletes? He goes, oh, no, they housed them in the Olympic Village. The Dream Team stayed in the yeah, Hotel they, Arts. They stayed Barcelona. at their own place. They stayed in their own place. They needed better security than Olympic security. <laughs> For sure. August birthdays. August 8th birthdays on this day, 1930. Jerry Tarkanian. Famous. The running UNLV. Rebels. Yeah, the Running Rebels. 1937, Dustin Hoffman. Tootsie. 
1981, Roger Federer, 20-time Grand Slam singles champion, born on this day in 1981. For August 8th, deaths, some interesting ones. Yeah, uh, Barbara Bell Geddes, that's uh, Miss Ellie from, from Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, right? I put that on there. 2005. I like, I like Dallas. Um, so yeah, she, was, uh, she was in charge. JR thought he was in charge no, until his mom's. Miss Ellie was. 2017, Glenn Campbell passed away on this day. Uh, hey, in 2021, dear friend of LaBelle Edwards and one of the greatest coaches of all time, Bobby Bowden of Florida State, passed away August 8th in 2021. And last year on this day, uh, just before Marie Osmond's visit with us, right. uh, her good friend Olivia Newton John passed away. On this day. Our Wise Guys inspirational quote of the week comes from Glenn Campbell. So we always use somebody that has a birthday or a death on, on yeah. that day. Um, typically a birthday, but Glenn Campbell. Uh, There's no pillow as soft as a clear conscience. How about that from Glenn Campbell? Yeah, Glenn Campbell. Why didn't he put that into a song? Because that's, you don't, that's you legit. Think maybe, maybe he did. I, I don't remember hearing. That's poetic. Ryan, it wasn't in Rhinestone it's, Cowboy. It's I know po that. No, it definitely wasn't that. That's poetic, though. Yeah, I, I saw Glenn Campbell perform live. When you lay your head down, the best way to lay it down was with a clear conscience. I saw him live with Keith Urban in Vegas, his last uh, tour as he was uh, struggling with Alzheimer's. Oh, man. And um, anyway, the crowd just appreciated him, gave him a standing ovation, and it meant so much to him. And I was so grateful that Keith... Uh, made that available. He was a big influencer on Keith Urban when Keith was very young, learning how to play the guitar. And then later in life, Keith invites him to come on these last few tour dates uh, so, while so he could cool. still do it. Uh, Giving back to the great Glenn Campbell. Yeah. Special thanks to Jamal Willis and Nick Robinson. What a show we had today. Yeah, it's so fun to have those, both on, those guys both on. What great human beings. Podcast will be up tomorrow. Share it with your friends, please. It's where, available wherever you get your podcast. Next week, Tom Homa will be here. And um, we're not going to tell him how long the interview is because we, yep. we just might go all night. Are we only bringing Tom just, just because Tom, it could, might go? Just Tom. And, and what a journey, the BYU's journey to the Big 12 and the, the surviving as an independent and all of those things, all under his watch. Um, I mean, we have a lot to talk about with Tom. There's a, lot, a lot has happened in this last couple of months. So, so to have uh, Tom Holman, the AD, my old teammate and good friend, on, on is going to be amazing. And um, make sure you're all back here with us next week. It's going to be a great show. Austin from Saratoga Springs, a late shout-out. Thank you for yep. watching thank, the Wise thanks, Guys. And thanks for loving the show. Today, yeah, Austin. loving the show. I'm on Sports Center Friday and Monday. Are you, gonna, are you coming on? Are you coming on? You're popping in? Probably Tuesday. Tuesday. Why are you going to do? Maybe we should trade, and I should come on Monday I'm in, with you. I'm in, yeah, we should. I'm in for Jerem on Friday, and then I'm, in for, I'm on Monday. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, it's such a busy time and August, such a great month and we're counting it down. Enjoy all the football and, and, uh, and be with us next week for Tom Homo. We'll see you next week. Good night.